told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, everybody, welcome on in. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Friday to you. You made it to the weekend. Albeit, it might have been a short, it might have been a short uh, week for some of us. But you know what? It felt long. So <laughs> great to work with you, JJ. If you like us, all the crap you had to deal with during your four-day week, more than made up for it. It's just you. life. No big deal. That's. I will say this. We're all in it together. Yesterday, when you jinxed the Jazz with a guarantee win. How about that? <laughs> I am an idiot. Oh, come on. It wasn't a guarantee. I take Well, actually, you know what? Everyone should be thanking me. Why is that? Because the Jazz need to lose games. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> that's your little that's your little John. Hold on, I got to hear it again. Hold on, I got to hear the the little John. Yeah. <laughs> that is so bad. <laughs> When I said that yesterday, I, saw, I thought it sounded good. I was like, "Man, my little, my li- my sorry, my, my little John my little impression John. was pretty solid." Then I hear that, I'm like, "Boy, that's terrible." You sound Remind like, me never to do that sound, again. We're watching baseball. You could have rung somebody up with that. Okay, yeah. he's gone. He's out of here. Oh, come on! That helped my self-esteem. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, listen, you guaranteed a win for the Jazz last night. And I then, did, uh, and then here we are. I look. I believed it. Now there is something. <laughs> I tend to believe you when you You've say stuff. You've known me for how long? Come on. You know every prediction I make is wrong. I tend to believe you. Well, I think we all saw it, and just on paper, you go, "Well, the, the Hornets." When somebody goes, "Well, they're playing some pretty good basketball right now," I'm like, "Wow, they got yeah, they're a three game win streak, and they got that got them to to 16 wins." I didn't even think about it. This is stupid on my part, but they finally got rid of that deadbeat Gordon Hayward, that <laughs> locker room cancer. <laughs> oh boy. And of course they're going to start winning. Suddenly games. the chemistry just they started to <clears throat> gel as a team. Although it's him who wears all the hair product. He's got plenty of gel. That his wife forced on him. It's fine. Bringing Listen, all his gel with him to we got, uh, Oklahoma City. Is that where he's at? For right. now. We will do this. We got to actually start the show. But it was quite an interesting game last night. I heard the starting lineup and I heard Locke say, "Hey, guess who's the starting lineup?" and kind of roll out the news before you know, the starting lineups actually were announced. And that did make me go, huh, well, maybe they know something about this that I don't know. No, they know the exact same thing that we do. They know where they stand. Yeah. Let's start off the show. Our program is brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. You can find them at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick, all in the refrigerated section. Uh, grocery stores popping up there, too. It's Sam's, Associated Foods, like I said. Uh, I saw them at the... Uh, I saw him at Smith by my house. Right, all over the place. Go check him out. Go taste him for yourself. Uh, let's kick the show off as we always do. It is the cut right here. Let's do it. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. So I get home last night and my phone still had the hits from the 2000s stuff that we were looking up. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun, by the way. It was amazing. It was fun last night, too, at the game. I want to go back. I didn't get to see the alt broadcast with uh, with the with, with the with the former jazz men. I wanted to hear Mehmet, and I wanted to hear D-Will, and I wanted to hear AK. 
Uh, wait, who was the fourth one again? I keep forgetting who the fourth one was. Did I say them all? Memo. No, Memo, I said. Meaning. Who, who am I? Oh, Booz. Yeah, no, Booz. Always say? Boozer's always here. Boozer's always there. So uh, I will say it was a fun night to be able to see all those guys. And I do wonder, though, when I heard the starting lineup, when Taylor Hendricks was rolled out as going to be starting, not just starting the game, but starting in place of Walker Kessler, I went, okay, what's going on here? And then as soon as things started to kind of look, when it was close, I thought, this is why they're doing this. Because Taylor Hendricks, right now, is not ready to be a starter in the in the NBA. He's not ready to be a starter. But he started last night. and well, It's all relative, right? Well, you tell me. Do, the do, Jazz are ready for him to be a starter because they've got to evaluate what I they get have it. here. I get it. It's always hard, though, when there are guys who are healthy, who are sitting on the bench, that you know should be starting in place of the guy who's starting, even when it's a promising rookie. So, JJ, sell me on Taylor Hendricks. I don't I'm I'm not against that kid at all. I want him to do well. But sell me on what his what the benefit of him is right now on the floor. Tell me what it is that, that the Jazz have loved about him and that we will love about him eventually as a player for this Jazz team. Athleticism, his length, uh his I think ability to do a number of things well, but obviously that's going to have to develop over time. But you start with the stuff that you can't teach, right? Just physically gifted. Being talented, yes. And you saw his rise from a player at UCF last year who was not even on anyone's radar and so all of a sudden becoming a lottery pick. Because everybody's seeing the same thing with his athleticism, his length, uh, what, he could, what he can do as an NBA player potentially. Certainly is a potential play, right? But you're starting to see what he could do last night. 12 points, 9 rebounds. Okay, there now, you go. Now, it shows zero blocks, but there was a lot. There was there was one play in particular when he challenged Miles Bridges at the rim. The ball somehow went in, but he was he was he was making an effort and he was showing you what he can do as a rim protector at as at his position. Now, what position is he? I don't know yet. I was going to say, I don't he know started yet. for Walker Kessler. But he is also five inches shorter than Walker Kessler. Well, they went small last night. Yes. John Collins was essentially their five, right? If which he's th- been a couple times, right? Which he's to- actually, that's probably John Collins' natural position. He's just undersized. So they went small last night. It didn't work out well because of two things. One, they shot poorly from the three-point line. Nine of 39, 23%. Not going to get it done. And the turnover battle, 19-9. to They had 10 more turnovers than the Hornets. That's why they lost. It wasn't because the lineup doesn't work or the young guys were playing. They didn't shoot the ball well from three. Taylor Hendricks was one of five. That's a problem. But you can also see his ability to shoot the three-point yeah, shot. Yeah, sure. That that's something that can come along. That's the best I can answer your question right now because I still think we want to see more and we don't know. Until we see it. And so, that's what we're going through right now. That's what the next 25 games left in the season are for, is to see him develop with those NBA minutes. So what you're saying is it's complicated. At, at it's a very... This moment right now, it's it is very, complicated. It's a complicated answer. And, and I get it. But I will say this. Who's had the advantage of being able to play a ton this year, his rookie season? 
and think about how far he's come just in the in the amount of time. I don't know how many games that uh, that Keontae George has actually started. I mean, that's obviously a number that's just. I I was looking uh, actually at everybody else's stats when it came to that, but Taylor Hendricks, in terms of games started for the Jazz this year. I think that we also know that they went real early to say, we are going to develop this guy. We're going to make sure that we get this guy going. He has he had potential off the off the very bat. We saw exactly what they wanted to do with this guy. And then what did we see? Well, we want to be more of a leader. We want to be more of a leader. We're going to develop him into a leader. How many starts? 20. 20 for starts Keontae this George. year for Keontae George. One for Taylor Hendricks. Okay? Correct. So... If there's anybody wondering out there, like, why aren't we seeing something special out of this guy? He's the number nine. He's the ninth pick overall. And I know it's fun to look across and say, oh, yeah, look at all these other rookies who are doing a lot of things. Taylor Hendricks, if you'll recall, was set back a little bit by some injuries, and he wasn't able to perf- he wasn't able to do everything else that everybody was during camp, and that sets you back. But they're also they also knew, hey, this is a guy we want to see in the G League. He's out. He, by the way, he's – He's too good for the G League, right? Taylor yeah, Hendricks he's is, yeah, he's, he's in too, that. He's he he dominated the G League. He's too, he's in, in that in category a, in, the, in the in the way that he can dominate. No, yes. he, he did not go out and score thirty five points. No, a game. no, that's no. not what he meant by dominating, but physically dominated at his position in the matchups that he played in. Yeah, he played really well um, at the G League position. Let me let me defend him a little bit based on what he did last night. Okay. So he's a rookie making his first start. Probably yes. a little nervous. Mm-hmm. He was still five of nine. He went one of five from three. But he took five threes, though. Four for four right. on twos. I didn't okay? hate I didn't hate that he took the threes because that's going to be the thing that they likely are saying, this is where you can make an impact. It's a little yes. bit different than somebody else. We're not just asking you to be an athletic four or a, almost a stretch four, stretch five kind of guy. We're asking you to catch the ball quick and shoot threes because that's how we score and that's how we play Utah Jazz basketball. And we're going to ask you to do that even if you are the four or the five on the floor. Yeah. Do you love plus minus? Oh, I live and die by it. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I'll throw this your way. He was plus 10 last night on the floor. Hey, so if you said it was him who caused all this grief. And that starting unit, with the exception of Lowry Markinen, was all positive. And Lowry had to play 40 minutes probably. He played <laughs> 37. <laughs> he played 37 minutes. <laughs> right. Which, exactly. Uh, so – on the floor, Taylor Hendricks was a positive last night. So I thought he played well. Uh, would you want more out of him? I'm, of course, whatever. But you're starting to see that development. This is the only way you're going to find it. This is the only way you're going to discover it. It's the only way you're going to develop it is giving him minutes now. How long does he it take? How long does it take? Everybody's different, I know. But, yeah, I don't know. But how long? Because honestly. what do you, Okay, well, let me see. What do you expect from him? What do you want from him? What role do you want him to play? I want him to stay healthy. Okay. Okay. As that was the cheapest answer. I just, I love I just want him to stay healthy. I want him to stay healthy. I want him to enjoy himself. <laughs> I want him to have fun. We're out here to have fun, everybody. We are. I do want to see a guy who is more athletic and getting out and defending. I want to see somebody who gets out and defends. Think about putting a hand in a face. I know he's undersized, but he is for being under the hoop. But he's not undersized for putting a hand in the face in the corner for a corner three, right? Like that, he is, he, what did the Jazz, what did Will Hardy say they wanted to work on two days ago? The rest of the way, or at least what this week they were focusing on. Their defense, their Mm -hmm. defense is last or next to last in the league in a lot of categories, okay? Awful defense. 
they know that they can score. They know that they have the ability to score. They can score 140 points if they want to. Not like on any given night, like, oh, it's an automatic 140, but they do score 120 every night. They have the ability to score quickly. They do not have the ability to stop anybody right now, JJ, right? They Their can't stop anybody. defense is not good. That's the, the, this team is not good defensively. So they said we have our number one priority right now is defense because we know we can score on offense, so we have to buckle down on defense. Taylor Hendricks needs to be an elite defender. And when you're in the NBA, you're already being asked to do that. And in a time when points are coming at you at a rapid pace and teams are scoring at a ridiculous pace, a guy like Taylor Hendricks could be the difference between your point differential at the end of the year being slightly in the positive versus slightly in the negative. He really could make that difference. That's what I want to see from Taylor Hendricks is that because I know I love how athletic he is. It's the same thing we did with Keontae George. He keeps shoot, He kept shooting even when he stunk at the beginning. Yeah. Right? And even though there are nights that he stinks at shooting, and what do they say? Yeah, the shooting's going to come. Guess how it comes? You do it. So get Taylor Hendricks out on the floor, and it's a win-win. Here it is. You ready for this, JJ? Here's yeah. my here's my deep thought of the day. Deep thoughts <laughs> by Jack Handy. By Alex Curie. <laughs> it's not as funny as that. It's but full on. <laughs> that it's is a, an idea for a segment. Though. It's a win-win because the Jazz are going to lose lose <laughs> with this guy in the with this guy in the lineup. Yes, they are, and that's okay. And and and, and because he's Senior not ready. minutes too. Yes, that, I mean you're going to get development out of him. Thirteen minutes from Sensabaugh, he was in the rotation. You're a th- you're a first round draft pick. All three of you. And if we want to see those guys on the floor together all at the same time, here you in go. the future, then you've got to have it. You've got to have Is it. This going what on. you wanted. Here we yes. go. Uh, yeah. So t- Taylor Hendricks in averaging thirty minutes per game at the G League level, fourteen point eight points per game, uh, shot forty five percent from the field, thirty four percent from three, and he uh, rebounded a rate of. 4.9, which is five rebounds per game, essentially, right? And he mm-hmm. blocked 1.2 shots per game. As I said, he can he could provide some help protecting the rim with his size. Uh, I think he's already rebounding. He mentioned he's averaging five. Got nine last night in the in the G League. He had nine last night. That's what the Jazz need him to do at his position as well. And he's already showing that he has that NBA skill. It's so he's, hard. He's doing fine. It's hard to figure out that flow. When you're because if you're if you're playing the NBA game versus the college game, what is what is going on more in the NBA that happens way more than it does at the college level? The amount of switches, the amount of the amount of screens you're going to have to work through versus switch. There's a lot of hard stuff that you have to actually figure out that you didn't have to do in college, right? You just needed to be in front of somebody and you needed to make sure that you interrupted that shot. It's harder to do in the NBA when they're trying to pick you when they're trying to. Uh, throw that pick at you or chip you a little bit so that you can't get in somebody's face. That happened last night. Brandon Miller got way too many easy, yeah. clean looks at the at the rim last night. They, did, they did not defend the three-point line well. And it's been an issue all year for the Jazz. It continues to be an issue. All right. So I'm, I walked away from that one going, I know J.J. was dead wrong about the guarantee of them beating glad the I Glad the I Charlotte was. Hornets. And it's weird saying I'm glad they lost, but it's – like this is one of the games where they're okay. winning, and let me explain. How does to you a guy why. like how's a guy like Will Hardy marry that? In it's his hard. Head to have it I don't. Normal? I don't even. I can't imagine how difficult it is a coach, because well, I think here's the thing. I think the losses are just baked in, right? Because you've decided you're going to give Taylor Hendricks minutes, and you see in the NBA that there's just this paper thin difference between every team, 
And if you throw out some guys that aren't as as polished, they're going to get exposed. And, and the Hornets, as young as they are, were able to expose some of those things for the Jazz. It's really hard as a head coach. He understands what they're doing. I know that he's in sync with the front office staff. He's got a five-year contract. The, the Jazz, I think they've been – I noticed Ryan Smith did a podcast on the – with the Jazz, talking about how happy they are with Will Hardy. They are making sure that everybody understands they're very happy with Will Hardy How right long now. does that last? It, there's no reason why it would stop. Right. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, people get antsy and they like to point fingers. It gets fingers. antsy when this team's built to contend and they struggle. Okay, It's not currently built to contend. It's built to develop, and that is the charge of Will Hardy right now, which is why Bryce Sensabaugh's in the rotation – Taylor Hendricks is getting minutes, and Keontae George is the starting point guard. So that's where they're at. He's he's coaching to develop. Um, he's obviously going to try to win, but the, but it the losses are baked in because you're not going to win games with the players they lost at the deadline and what they're currently trying to do with your young players. The losses are baked in. So right now, the Jazz are trying to. I mean, let me sit. The Jazz are not trying. They're not to. trying. Hey, but here's you didn't hear the us lot. say that. <laughs> not allowed to make mention that somebody's One, trying to two, lose three, anything. Four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten. Okay, the Jazz are currently the eleventh worst team in the league. They're only a half game ahead of the Bulls for twelfth worst. So they've got to keep losing to uh, step down the ladder. You got to get and past twelve. You got to be ten, and then you still have the threat of being jumped in the lottery and pushing you out, like the Mavericks almost were last year. So the Jazz, just honestly, if they want to keep that pick, they got to lose games. Yeah. It sucks, but they they've got a lot of losing left to do to do that because they're behind the eight ball because they're uh, one game ahead of the Hawks and Rockets for the uh, ninth and tenth spots. So there you go. All right, I don't hate all this. There was one moment last night that we need to bring up and mention. It was one of my favorite Jazz moments of the year. Oh, and it had nothing Why to do are we with waiting the this long. My goodness. Uh, Colin Sexton, okay, who came down the court, had a wide-open three, made the three, stood there at the top of the key and stared the rim down angrily and then flipped it off and shouted some expletives at the rim and then went back on his way. This was in-game? Oh, you're showing me the – are we allowed to – are we allowed to show that? Did you t- – okay. This is radio, Alex. I know, but I'm saying – uh, did you tweet that out? Did somebody else tweet I, that out? I, I, I'm sure somebody did. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not hey, doing it. Hey, Lloyd, it's just a news situation. Could he get fined for that? No. No. So, wait, during the game. Yeah. How did the three go down? I'm trying to figure I'm it, trying to remember it, it, if it went in cleanly and smoothly. Right. It was a great shot. So, it was him talking trash to the rim because the rim had been taking away some of those threes from him before. Correct. I don't hate it. How many of us who played basketball over the years? We're not. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. <laughs> I want to watch the actual moment here. We've all been angry. JJ's a JJ's a he's Colin a, Sexton. Colin Sexton is all of us. Yeah, that's right. So Keontae dishes it to him, and it does. Okay, and then <laughs> my favorite is is the TV broadcast had it they right on. They cut him. away. They cut away <laughs> as fast as you ever could because he goes. He did. He stared at the rim. He's flipping it off. And then he goes, blank and blank. <laughs> but, like, they didn't let him get to the second blank. <laughs> one of They're my like, favorite moments of the jazz season that no one's going to be talking about. Right. But we're going to talk about it here because. 
Yes. We have all been there before. Listen. All of you playing basketball. You cannot judge Colin Sexton because <laughs> we have all wanted to yell and scream at that rim that just won't let that ball go in. That but extra but tight, see, extra bouncy rim that you know just, how, won't, you know just how you, won't let it happen. You know how you get away with that? You come back from a break and go, throw Bailey here during our broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he apologizes, and everybody goes, all right, all's forgiven. If, oh. t- if Big T apologizes, you can't not accept it. I ain't going to be like, during our broadcast last night. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we're going to take a break. We got, we'll come back. We've got some, we got a ton of stuff to get into. I, I just – Nothing's going to top that. No, the, the, you, can't, you can't flip the rim off and then – boy, that's just one of those things that while you're watching the game, you don't – because I missed it in a blink. Yeah. He made the three, and it's kind of the kind of thing. You just go, hey, there we go. And then maybe you turn, you take a, a, a bite of the salad that you made for yourself. So this is why you listen to JJ and Alex. This is the kind of analysis you're going to get. And then you look back up and you missed you missed all you missed the you missed yes, you missed it. I wanted to see Colin Sexton flip off the rim. I do that. I do that to the computer all the time when it when it uh peters out. I do the same thing. We've all done it. All right. We'll come back inanimate objects getting flipped off. Although maybe there was a weird fan behind the Oh no. Hoop. No, it was very clear what right. was going on okay. there. Okay. We will take the break. We'll come back when we do. Got tons to talk about today. It's a Friday. We're going to have as much fun as we can. That's our commitment to you. But we've got some questions about Utah when it's when it comes to spring football. And obviously there are the biggest questions that I think we all kind of know. But what are the things that Utah is going to have to deal with here in the spring? What do you want to see get done by the Utes as they get ready for not just spring football, going into camp? We already heard from Coach Scott Whittingham. You're not going to see Cam rising taking any snaps in the spring of any significance. We're keeping that kid under wraps. But we'll come back. We'll talk about those next right here at 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. Wow. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Well, first of all, we're elated to have him back. He's a just a tremendous leader, tremendous player, uh, a legit, legitimate Heisman candidate in our opinion. And to have him back uh, is you know, just huge for our football team. He's doing very well. You know, everything is it, as it should be, I guess you could say, at this point in time. And, and we expect him to be able to uh, participate fully in spring ball, although he's not going to be involved in any contact, and, and nor would he. Uh, anyways, under any circumstances, but but uh, he'll be out there uh, hopefully every single session and and leading our football team. Coach Kyle Whittingham, Utah Utes, talking about his guy, Cam Rising. He the will South not, the dog. He will. He will not have any contact of any kind. I'm not even letting the other guys look at him. You know, there's always that freshman guy who comes in and he's like, I'm going to prove myself. Oh, this is some, and then some you go, third string defensive right, end trying to make a play. And they're not gonna they're not gonna hit him. Yeah. But they're going a little bit too hard, even in the yep. even the in the vicinity of him. Yep. I'm gonna settle down, kid. Come on. Got a big twelve to win here. Well, let's talk about that. Because uh, obviously as we get a little bit closer, we are you know what's crazy? At this time next month, BYU will be done with. Right. They start next week, right? Yes. Not Monday, but the 29th. Right. So, like, next, what is that? Thursday. 
Friday. No, Wednesday. Oh, crazy. So guess what? Spring football is upon us. Utah starts in a couple weeks. By the way, it is a leap year this year, so we do have a February 29th. That's Thursday. Hey, everybody. Hit the breaking news sounder on that. <laughs> uh, coming By to the you. Way, it's a leap year. Coming to you at the uh, calendar year update desk. <laughs> hey, JD, is uh, did those did those quarter of a days finally catch up to us this year? Why, Alex, they certainly did. <laughs> breaking news from JJ uh, and Alex. It's a leap year. We have a February 29th. Prepare so, for that on Thursday. Is that the Groundhog Day? It is I'm not. Just kidding. That's the second. Now, I will say our old uh, – I only I, I only knew it was a leap year this year because my – our old neighbor in Salt Lake City, she turns 100 on leap year day. But she so loves she's it. 25? Right. She loves it because she's like, I'm 26, you guys. I'm younger than all you suckers <laughs> out here. So, uh, the late happy 100th birthday coming up here in a couple days. So, good for you. Uh, let me see here. Jazz – or no, Jazz. Utes. You heard Kyle Whittingham talking about that. They think he's a Heisman candidate. I always love trying to get that out there. You might as well. I think you're going to hear that more and more because I think that they they do not do their guy a good service if they don't if they don't pop. Why him. why would you not? Yeah, you have to. I Cam told you. Rising has won two Big Twelve uh, sorry, Pac twelve championships. <laughs> I've already in Big Twelve mode. Yeah, you. I'm ready to go for two thousand twenty four. Let's go. I put the Pac twelve to bed and behind me. I'm focused on the now. I'm focused on Big Twelve. I still think in the spirit of keeping consistent. We should still send somebody to Pac-12 Media Day. <laughs> they doing that in L.A.? No, they're going to do it in, uh, in Corvallis. They're going to do it in Cheney, Washington. <laughs> it's a good middle point. It's closer to the Gonzag- It's closer to the Spokane Airport. It's a it's a it's a good middle ground between Pullman and Corvallis. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Can't do it yeah. in Pullman. We'll meet you. In Can't ba- do it in Corvallis. We'll meet you. We'll meet you in Baker City, Oregon. Oh man, I've been there. <laughs> I've been to Baker. Uh, listen, as a guy who had what's to make worse, that- Baker, California, or Baker, Oregon? Oh, come on. Which one? Pick which, your baker. Which one's worse, Ontario, Oregon, or Ontario, California? Because oh! they're all very close to each other. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Don't offend Hans. He's, he's oh, from yeah, the, those are right across the, uh, he's not the border. Fa- he grew up not far from Ontario, yeah. so he might defend Ontario, I will Oregon. say. I will say that uh, I had to drive, I've had to drive through there a million times because of that drive up to Seattle yeah. that I used to make in college. But, yeah, Pac-12 media days, probably not going to happen. If they do, it's just going to be those two teams hanging out. Pretty lonely. So anyway, back to the point, back to the point. The point is a massive question mark that, you know, every team has to figure out it's the quarterback situation. But in the in the Utes case, they don't have that question this year. Last year, we thought they didn't have that question, but they did end up having that. Oh, it was the question. It's the only question. And so in the end, uh, ESPN did this kind of just and I'll ask you to maybe add a couple more other questions you want to see answered, other things you want to see answered here. So will the Utes? actually thrive because cam rising comes back is there enough supporting cast we know how good cam can be is there enough supporting cast obviously if brant keithy is back and healthy that's a massive deal yeah mckay bernard's a proven versatile back he's not your go-to every down run the ball like crazy back no but but he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield he's a playmaker out of the backfield yes you have jalen glover back you signed the Woods kid out of Idaho, who they think is going to contribute and help them. So that's the running back position. Let's go to the receiver position. You obviously start with the tight ends because that's where they're really strong. You've got Brand Keithy, who's – I mean, is, is he even a tight end anymore? I mean, it's like he's not going to put his hand down on the ground, so that's different. But they have a lot of depth there. Um, 
you, you look at what they have. They, they're loaded there. Okay, the so way, they got guys. Before, before proven guys. Before Brant comes back this year, last year was the only year that he, as a Utah Ute, was not an All Conference right. player. He was three time All Pac twelve. So yep. like, guess who was not three time All Pac twelve? Don Kincaid. Right. Right. I mean, like. <laughs> He the, had the, he had the one big great year with when after especially after Keithy went down sure. and all of a sudden now he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Right, I'm not saying he's at least way the better best rookie tight end. Think in the about last year. what think about this is a guy who's already caught almost two thousand yards of tight end passes and he's coming back and he's coming back. Right, and they've got Landon King behind him who was really good last year and Carson Ryan transfers in from UCLA who's who's a Utah kid went to school at American Fork and Tiffy. So they're deep there, and Mike is, they, they, they got they got guys there. Yeah, they're loaded there. Here's what you can't have. Here's what you can't have, because Brent Keithy, massive part of this offense, obviously, and he is a different tight end. He's the more he. I don't know. It's kind of weird too because they're still asking guys to be huge and not like. I don't know. They they still want to be to be big. Oh, as a tight end. Yes. Oh, yeah. You still have to have size. Still got to be. Still got to be big. And he's not. He's undersized for a tight end guy. Six two two thirty. But also, here's what you can't have. I love Brant Keithy, but he cannot lead the team in receptions, and he's done that twice in his career. Mm. I don't like it because that means there's your then, option then of who, throwing then, the football. Then too. who does lead the receptions? I don't next know. Year. Dorian the Singer's the answer. Then Singer has to be the guy. But again. It's not like we've been wowed by transfer portal guys necessarily across the board that have come into the state from even big programs. Dorian Singer, uh, great. How many times did we beg to see Devon Vele get a thousand yards pass, a thousand yards receiving in the last couple of years? Right? We we're like, I think this year's the year that he gets a thousand yards receiving. Will the Utes get a thousand yard receiver? The closest that they've been, I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. I don't know. I don't know why it can't be a priority. How is it not a priority? I know going and getting Dorian Singer is great, but the wide receiver position, I don't want your tight end leading your team in receptions. Is okay. that a bad is that a bad indicator? It should be. You can't uh, have I don't know if he you want your tight end catch. If it's Brant Keithy, then I think it's probably a good thing because he's essentially a receiver anyway. Uh and I, I will add though that if it's there's Dennis some other... Pitta, maybe, yeah. I mean there's there's okay. certain guys. Okay, there, right? well. See, it worked for BYU right. in, in a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other guys. Money Parks is a proven receiver. He's the deep threat. He's not going to get the volume that these other guys are, but he's going to come up with big plays. Manier McLean broke out last year. He's back and and should be healthy. Micah Pittman, who we didn't get to see enough of last year, who also got hurt, he's back. I, I think they're better at receiver than people think. I think the weapons are there, and this is why Utah's going to be the favorite to win the Big 12. We haven't even talked about the defense. We're focusing on offense right now. Because I think we know. Because that is the question. Right. The one thing we haven't talked about. O-line? Yeah. That's that. You you asked me, what what do I think is the concern here? That's my concern. Well. Because you lose a lot of dudes there. Keaton Bills is going to the NFL. Yeah. Satawa Lame is going to the NFL. Uh, You saw the line they had in the bowl game. That wasn't great. So it's got to be better next year, and I, I, you know, we'll see how that develops. And spring's gonna be really important for that group. You got to know you have an offensive line. If you're gonna have a quarterback coming back, that's gonna be a Heisman Trophy candidate. That's a proven guy. That's a two-time conference champ, and is arguably the best quarterback you've had in your program's history. 
at least by what he's accomplished as far as championships go. It's tough to top. You can make your arguments with Alex Smith, Brian Johnson, Tyler Huntley, Scott Mitchell, but who's won two Pac-12, who's won two Power 5 championships? It's him and nobody else. So uh, you've got to protect him is my point. You've got to be able to protect him. You've got to be able to open up lanes for the running game, and you've got to give him, a t- him time to find all these guys we just mentioned because the weapons are there. The guys are there. This offense is built to be successful if the offensive line comes together and plays better than they did last year. They were not as good as we thought they were last year. They could have been better, which would have helped them out a lot. That group has to be good this year, and that's a big question mark. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back. We have our Would You Rather right around the corner. Got a bunch of fun stuff to be able to uh, throw out there. Boy, there's a lot of other teams. I, You know, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about college football. We're going to do more of it at 4 o'clock hour. Matt Brown from Extra Points Newsletter. This is a, Matt, Matt Brown is phenomenal when it comes to uh, covering the business side of NCAA uh, sports. And by the way, there is quite a bit of business going on these days. So we'll chat with Matt about some of the details of the NCAA football game is coming out. Some of the NIL comments that Nick Saban made. Save it for retirement. He did. Did an interview. Got it all out there. Got to say his piece about it. But we'll talk about it in uh, so many more uh, things with Matt as well. That's coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. Next is our Would You Rather. By the way, you can nominate the youth sports volunteer that you know for the Hercules Hero of the Week. You've been hearing us harping on this because it is a really cool program that Hercules Credit Union is sponsoring on our program. Submit your nomination of a, of a youth sports volunteer in your area. It could be an amazing coach. could be an awesome assistant. could be a really uh, a, a phenomenal team mom. I think we've all had that team mom that takes care of everything that you don't have to think about for you nominate that person today submit that nomination at kslsports.com slash contest that's kslsports.com slash contest and we'll uh announce a winner every thursday on our program courtesy of the folks at hercules credit union and they also get a little gift card action with that as well so we'll take the break we'll come back more to go around the corner 97.5 the ksl sports zone.com listen everybody real life hypotheticals to get your brain churning as JJ and Alex ask, would you rather? What? Oh, you can't laugh like that because if it's in, because you only laugh like that at inappropriate stuff. No, I don't. Which means that we can't you didn't do anything share inappropriate. It. You can't share it on the air, which I'm mad about. I just love how casual you were in opening this segment and slowly I wanted moving. The, I didn't want the... And slowly putting your headphones on. I didn't on want the headphones... While the music played. Hey, I didn't look. We're I didn't, already done with this segment. It's over. We've run out of time. I heard the... I heard the... Uh, I heard the thing. I heard the imaging. <laughs> I was in here. Here's the problem. I just didn't want there to be a, a bunch of loud uh, headphone sounds. Next to the microphone. That's why I put it on very carefully. All right. Jeremy's running the board right now thinking, well, that's my job. Well, I didn't know if it was on or not at that point. I didn't want it to be clankety. You All were right? smooth. You were smooth. <laughs> very smooth. You were like. But listen, if there's something I'm good at. You were like the sloth on. Listen, I've snuck out of my kids' rooms when I just get them to sleep and so many times. I am like very stealth. All right. Isn't that the worst? Have you ever done that? Nothing more embarrassing and nothing more humbling than the moment where 
you get a kid to sleep after like they finally go to sleep and then you're I go on my hands and knees and I crawl out of the room and I'm like we've hit a new low I've done that multiple you, times. You were like the sloth on Zootopia for I all am, you parents yes. out there that, whose kids made you watch that movie. I am. That's who you just were. I know. Well, with the headphones, I know. We were waiting for you to start the segment. And oh, you were stop like, it. In slow <laughs> motion. Hey, speaking of uh, injuries that people could come back from, does Aaron Rodgers play next year? Or are they going to come back and go, actually, he's really old and having an injury like that at that age, um, he's still got another couple of years. <laughs> they will roll him out in a wheelchair. He'll be speeding around in a jazzy. Yeah. They'll do whatever they can to get him out on the field next year because the Jets put all their chips in on Aaron Rodgers in every way. Is Mike White still available? <laughs> Mike White. Bring him out. All right. Uh, it's our Would You Rather. It's a Friday edition of Would You Rather. Okay. Let me see here. Would you rather play the same sport as your famous parent or just be so-so and thr- uh, uh, and be so-so, or just thrive in a non-sports career. So, I think I'm assuming we're talking about Charlie uh, Charlie Woods, Bronny as well. So here's the thing: Michael Jordan Jr. I don't want to have to make the joke about uh, the best scores that he's had after is now that he's dating Scottie Pippen's wife, ex-wife. So weird. <laughs> okay. I don't know how that got on the show, but yeah, that is crazy. Hey, put that on the bingo card, all right? Dang. So, in the end, that when you have the GOAT, like Tom Brady's son is not going to be a good quarterback. That's just the way it works. It's not going to happen. Just go be a stockbroker. <laughs> just, just don't. You're not going to be able to match go, it. Just go you, be a stockbroker. You'd be better at being a supermodel like your mom. Go right? Or go use your trust fund to go live a great life. I don't uh, know. All right. You trust fund. So would you rather play the same sport as your famous parent, but really not be like never get to their point, not even be maybe even a, a make a career out of it, or be really good at a non-sports career like hedge fund managing, like Look, you were talking about with uh, hedge Tom fund Brady's managing, kid, yeah, Tom Brady's kid, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'd rather roll the dice and 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 be be you know try to match what my dad did. Uh, there are some advantages to having a father that has oh, yeah. done it because you get to learn everything they've done in a very intimate way. Uh, you But you put the caveat there, just be so-so. That would be the hard part. And that's kind of the dice you're rolling there is it's so hard to match. I, but, but, you know, look at LeBron James. I mean, how is Bronny James ever going to be able to live up to that? Hype? Yeah. You're saying with the Tiger Woods son, my goodness. But let's look. There's some, there's some great examples out there of sons who topped what their fathers did. Peyton Manning over Archie. Um, Steph Curry over Dell. Yeah. Barry Bonds over Bobby Bonds. These, the Griffies. Tom Clay Brady. Tom, Clay Thompson yeah. over his dad, Michael Thompson, who won an NBA title. Tom Brady won't be topped by his son. Okay. That's I, I mean, LeBron. LeBron's I kid is not going to top throw him. A, throw an out pattern. So we were just watching. Uh, we don't know that. We were just watching some preseason baseball. The Dodgers are playing the, uh, the pads, the Padres. And. They showed Tony Gwynn Jr. up in the booth, yeah. right? And his late father, of course, is the great Tony Gwynn, who was one of the guys that I idolized growing up. Loved watching Tony Gwynn play baseball. It's amazing. But Tony Gwynn Jr., I know it's a shock, was not able to almost hit 400 in a season. Now, he did get to the uh, – he, he, was, he was drafted, and he in, – in 2006, he, he kind of, you know – Cup of coffee in the le- in in the in Major League Baseball, played for the Brewers a little bit, played for the the Padres for a minute, 
and play for the Dodgers for a minute um, and for the Phillies, all over the place. But you don't talk about Tony Gwynn Jr. because he was not as good as his dad. And that happens, right? So, boy, when you say so-so, Jeremy, what's so-so mean? So if you're if you're uh think about it though even if you are to be able to even if you don't match what your dad did yeah, or your Charlie mom was, depending Charlie on your perspective Charlie was only here. wins only wins 5 majors instead of 14 <laughs> that's more than so so <laughs> but even even to just you know how hard it is to become a professional athlete let's say if you're number 10 on the um, NBA team and your dad was Michael Jordan oh no i'd take that for sure that's not so so that's elite okay g league two way oh, contract okay you're still so a professional that, player. Yeah, but that, but that's a difference. You have no, it's so hard to make that level. Even the G League is hard. It's when you go to Europe, right? Yeah, the money's better in Europe. Uh, okay, phenomenal collegiate player, and you don't even get drafted, and you never even get invited to a camp when your dad's. Michael you were Jordan. still a phenomenal college player. Okay, see what I'm saying? Like the the the. It's such a privilege, and you could go sell insurance easy. You could go sh- sell insurance easy. Any, look. Car after de- being insert car dealership, yes. After being <laughs> after being an athlete at college, come on. Not to go. disparage any insurance agents out there. To be the best, it's not that easy. But to have a common job and a common career, you know, a lot of people do that. Yeah. To do something that's uh, remarkable, you're going to have to roll the dice and bet on yourself, and that can be hard to do. And a lot of these kids of, of famous athletes, they do have to deal with that. But there's also some advantages to that as well. And if they work just if they work their tails off and earn it, then they can take advantage of those benefits. Each, I would roll the dice. I would I would want to be even if it's the yeah, so so. I got you. I'm going with that because yeah. think of the just think of the opportunities. Even though all the haters are gonna be like you aren't as good as your dad, you still had those great experiences of your own. I'm dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. I think I'm doing okay. That's winning. <laughs> oh boy, what a weird what a weird dynamic. That is weird. Every Wednesday on the KSL Sports Zone, we give away tickets. We call it a win ticket Wednesday. So there you go. Listen all day next week. Oh, this is when we find out what the tickets are. I always love these on a Friday. Because then I get to hear Jeremiah rip this artist or. <laughs> Sorry. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop. You can't rip this cat. Who, who, who are you going to throw out there? You can win tickets next week to see Santana. Legend. At Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. Incredibly gifted musician and guitarist. It's, there you go. That's a legend. That's that's cool. Got to play uh, – who's the Matchbox 20 guy? Got not to, not got a to, legend. Got to play right alongside with uh, Rob Thomas. All right? Don't get me started on Matchbox 20. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> Win tickets to see Santana next week, courtesy of the KSL Sports Zone. We'll take that break. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. We're going to talk with Matt Brown of Extra Points Newsletter, give us some thoughts on uh, the co- the college business that is now college football, college basketball, and the NIL. And the NIL. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 DKSL Sports. Thanks for being with us. Oh, we've got tons to do. It's a Friday. You know what the rule is on a Friday? We have to have as much fun as possible. We just, we have to care the least amount possible. I'm already there. <laughs> Man, what's it going to be like at 5 o'clock? Uh, Look out. Whoa. Tune in for out. that. <laughs> Uh, that's why we bring experts on on Fridays in particular, just so we, we can really have somebody lean else on the experts because we're, oh, yeah. we're not capable on no. a Friday. Come on, why would I want to? It's a Friday. Matt Brown, he's joined, just joining us on the program right now. Matt's joined us uh, on many occasions. Extra Points newsletters, where you can find it. ExtraPointsMB.com is the website. Matt, thanks for being with us, man. Uh, we hope you're taking Friday as easy as we are. You know, I, I, you are my last call, I think, of the day, and oh, I'm going to try to put things on Do Not Disturb because, yes. boy. This has been a much busier week than mid-February typically is for me. Not that I'm complaining, uh, it's, but, but it's, there's been a lot going on for sure on this beat. So obviously the big one and the thing that – we'll just get right to the, to the video game. And, and Of course. Think about Ed O'Bannon, like all those years ago and the decision to be like, you know what, I'm going to ask somebody about this because I shouldn't be in this game and do it for free. I mean, come on. To imagine that the Ed O'Bannon court decision has put us where we are now, which is uh, Nick Saban saying that college football, as we know it, is not even doesn't even exist anymore, and we're finally getting EA Sports to come back online because they've been able to negotiate with players to figure this out. It's a lot to do across 130 something teams and 80 something guys to try to pay all those dudes so that they can actually get another video game. How do they make it work? Yeah, it's it is an enormous logistical undertaking. Um, you know, just, just, to, just to be clear, like what, what EA has put out this week is they want to offer this group licensing deal to every FBS, excuse me, every eligible FBS football player, there's a handful of little exceptions, um, and then include 85 of them per team. So that's, that's over 11,000 college athletes. The way that this is actually going to happen is that those athletes will need to download an app called Compass, which is uh, owned by CLC, the Collegiate Licensing Group, and uh, formally opt into this deal. And then when they do, once they do that and they put in their bank information and they, they sign all the contracts and everything, they'll get a check later in the summer and they'll get a digital download uh, for the console of their choice uh, for the game right before it's formally released to, to everybody. Um, you know, just yesterday, uh, there was a DP for EA Sports who said they've already had 5,000 people sign the, sign the contract, which is, you know, that's not quite half, but that's, that's a lot. Um, what I have been hearing is I think many fans underestimate how difficult it's going to be to get a bunch of 20-year-olds to sign literally anything on time. There's going to be a lot of operations personnel and associate athletic directors for external relations and the Dobo equivalent for football following up and just browbeating kids <laughs> to sign this thing so they don't just get an army of people in May crying that they missed the deadline. Um, there's just going to be a lot to remind people to do this very simple thing to get in the game. Still plenty of those kind of details that need to be worked out, but the great news, Matt, is the game is back! And those who love the game can't wait to play it. What do you know about the game? What are the details? What can people expect when it comes out? Yeah, you know, one of the things that's really just been kind of beaten into my head in every conversation I've had with EA, both on the PR side and with the developers themselves, is that EA badly wants to make a game that is as realistic as possible to what college sports is or college football is right now. 
Uh, and that means it's going to fundamentally be a different game than the last one that you played back in 2014 because college football itself has changed in so many ways. Uh, one of those, of course, is how recruiting works, right? The last game, transfers almost never happened. NIL didn't exist. There was one national signing day instead of two. There were signing limits that don't exist now. So that system has to be completely rebuilt, and I'm told that, that it is uh, for this coming game. But EA has also spent a ton of time and a lot of money in trying to get everything about every single FBS program that makes it unique and special so that they can uh, replicate those and depict it in the actual game. So by that, I mean we're talking completely new stadium renderings. Every school has sent in hundreds of photographs from every possible angle uh, of inside and outside the stadium to make sure that's now in all the beautiful PlayStation 5 glory. But then you know, details like what, what, what sound effects do you play on third down? Uh, what, hel- what helmets did you guys wear in the 80s? So we can put that in as, 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 a, as, a, as an option for people to wear, right? What, uh, what chants do your student sections do that are not R-rated that we can put in a family <laughs> game? Um, right? Because we want to put all of those things in there because the developers want you to think and realize that playing a home game at Utah State and at BYU and at Utah should all feel fundamentally different because there's unique things about all three of those places. Uh, and that's what I've been writing about for the last two years. Like the level of detail on that mm. front is is quite significant. Yeah, I was going to, uh, you know, I think about the different iterations of how, oh, yeah, we're going to get this thing fired back up again. And then the false start, it doesn't happen. Oh, no, now we're going to get it going. For 24, you're going to see it. Nope, it doesn't get going. Where is, like, honestly, 600 bucks a kid, like, that's, is that, do people look at that and say, that's a great deal? Or do they look at that? I know 500 was thrown around there. 600 yeah. and then downloading the game where there are people who are like, no, I want 6,000, man. I have never heard that from an active player. Um, and, and in fact, what I've heard like personally and, and, and from talking to many athletes, many of them have said, dog, I pay 600 bucks to be in this game. Like this is this, to me, this is what NIL was all about. This is what I wanted. I'm very happy. I have the truck. I'm not going to give the truck back. <laughs> I, I, I wanted the big check, and I, but, but this is the thing that, that I wanted as a high schooler, right? Um, you do have many agents and many economists and athlete advocates who are, are saying this is a terrible deal. And, there's, and I think there's, there's two bits of misconception about, about the, the contract itself that I think would be helpful for everybody to, to really understand. One of those things here is that, yeah, 600 bucks is a lot less than what athletes make from Madden or NBA 2K or even the NHL and baseball games, which uh, are going to sell in comparable numbers, I think, to this college football game. The reasons for that are there's a hell of a lot fewer than 11,000 people in those games and that those games were negotiated by unions. Uh, which was not the case for college athletes because as of now, I mean, we'll see if this changes by the time I get off the phone with you, but as of now, college football players are employees, so so they can't unionize, and the licensing agent was selected by EA, not the players themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, you're, going to, you're not going to get the same deal as Madden. It wasn't negotiated the same way, and there's four times as many people in, in this game. The other thing that I think is sometimes shocking for fans to hear, so it might be shocking to hear the, for me to say this on, in this market, Nobody really knows how financially successful this game is going to be. In the last couple of, of games, 
when we had a college football game, you know, in 12, 13, 14, you know, I've had people at EA tell me that Madden sold four times as many copies right. uh, as the college football game. Um, and, and in fact, like financial analysts and people that like track EA stock for a living have told me that they expect the revenue gap to even be greater now because Madden does a really good job of driving extra revenue through Ultimate Team and through, and through digital downloads in a fashion that's unlikely to be the case in college football. So if you have, if you're EA and you're you know you're thinking that this might this game might do 110 million in in gross revenue, and you've got to pay six and a half million to the athletes, another million and change to the group licensing partners, then you got to pay to license the schools, pay to license the bowls, pay to license the college football playoff, pay to license this other IP. This stuff adds up. Um, so if you are looking at what Grand Theft Auto V did. Or what the last Madden game did and said, I, this game's going to make $900 million. Why, why, you know, why is the player pool this small? I would say, no, it's not. <laughs> and if it is, then you'll have another deal, uh, particularly if athletes negotiate things, uh, you know, organize before that. So the vast majority of athletes are going to opt into this. Um, it, when you hear pushback, it's generally not coming from players. But there's some confusion, I think, on both sides about what you can really compare this deal to. And, and why it is the way that it is. Can't wait to see the game. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to sell like crazy. Can't wait to see who's on the cover, all that stuff. Uh, it's just the latest in this NIL development in college football, Matt, and I know you yeah. follow it so closely. There's other stories today regarding NIL, and we'll hit those now, starting with Nick Saban kind of ripping NIL again. He's, he continues to double down on this, saying, quote, in an interview he did, quote, we have, what we have now is not college football. The question I want to pose to you is, is college football better or worse today than it was 10 years ago when apparently college football was the way Nick Saban liked it? I mean, it's better for players, for sure. Uh, you know, the, it's, I, I, I get a little bit frustrated, not just to people like Nick Saban, but I, I think for a lot of, of commentators who pretend – that college football was ever really you know, followed this amateur ideal. I mean, guys, we've been cheating and, and dropping bags yep. since Princeton was good at football, since 1904, right? <laughs> like, like it's, that's always, it's always been the case. What's different is now the stuff's more in the open and that the, the players can have agents and they have, they have a modicum of more control, which is, which is uncomfortable. It, it's not a great system for coaches. And I think less, I mean, for people like Nick Saban and people like Jeff Halfley, who just left Boston College, and a lot of these other coaches who have had experience in the NFL, you look at what college football is now with even deeper frustration because you know that things are a lot easier if you have a collective bargaining agreement, that things are a lot easier if you have, if you have a union and you have predictability in, in, in labor and, 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 player, and player movement and everything. We don't have that in college. Different if you're a guy like Dabo where this is the only world that you've ever known, and, and you know, those changes are, are significant. I, this is not the world that I think we should stay in. It's a world that has significant moral and organizational and logistical problems, but I deeply believe that it's still a world that is more fair to more people than what we had in you know, 2012. So we're, I mean, aside from the Nick Saban comments, obviously you had the I don't know. This is this is from today. Also, the the, the ruling of the NCAA uh, versus uh, Virginia and Tennessee, and Tennessee and Virginia both got that r- ruling in their favor. The NCAA cannot win a court case. It seems like, and they said, "Well, we're just going to go to Congress and figure this thing out." Where is the future of the NCAA when it comes to 
JJ and I just watching these games on television in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the deeply frustrating thing for college sports administrators, and when I, I say I say administrators, because I'm not just talking about Charlie Baker in the NCAA in Indianapolis. I'm talking about, you know, the, the ADs and presidents and the Big 12 and, and Brett Yormark and everybody in this world. You guys are fundamentally no longer in charge. Um, you can come up with whatever kind of working groups you want between conferences, and you can have transformation committee, part three, electric boogaloo or whatever, and, and, and it's good to continue to, to have conversations about revenue sharing and governance reform. But fundamentally, the organization that's really going to decide where college sports goes next is the court system because it's the court system that's going to determine who is going to be considered an employee. Well, is that going to just be football and basketball players in select conferences? Is it going to be similar to what we saw in the last Dartmouth men's basketball NLRB ruling, a potentially dramatically more expansive definition of employee? Uh, we'll see what happens with Johnson, uh, which should be decided later this year. And if, this, if, if those are employees, if Utah gymnasts and Utah State you know, volleyball players and, and Weber you know, track stars are all employees, none of this stuff matters. Rip up every media rights uh, contract, rip up the NCAA, rip up the Mountain West Conference and the Big 12, and you're starting completely from scratch. And that's, I think, both frustrating and scary because that means that the people who are in charge don't fundamentally understand this industry or understand the unintended consequences for some of those decisions. But that's where we are now. Yeah, Matt's no one, I don't think anyone's going to feel sorry for the NCAA, though, here. Um, and here's the, here's the uh, statement they put out today. After the ruling, quote, turning upside down rules overwhelmingly supported by member schools will aggravate an already chaotic collegiate environment, further diminishing protections for student athletes from exploitation. I find that rich because the NCAA has been exploiting student athletes <laughs> for decades. I, it doesn't look like I, this is a big deal. This case is a big deal today. And it doesn't look like the NCAA has any chance of winning a case moving forward. Yeah, I, well, it's, uh, when it comes to antitrust, probably not. And, and it's significant, too, because this was filed, I think, in a district that has historically been pretty pro-NCAA, right? You, people can't blame this on, you know, woke Northeastern activist judges. Like, man, you're blocking <laughs> Eastern Tennessee, dude. There's, 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 there's Trump judges that we don't know where they were in early January that are looking at this and thinking, oh, my God, we gotta, we got we to gotta let these guys unionize. Like, that's how ridiculous – this, this system is. I don't think the Tennessee-Virginia situation is completely finished yet. I obviously need time to make more phone calls about it. It broke late this afternoon. Um, I, I imagine there's going to be some continued appeals as, as that moves through. But, yes, uh, the, the current status quo about enforcing anything to do with NIL is on legal thin ice. Um, and then you have the employment situation, the idea of classifying athletes as non-employees. Nobody in the industry thinks that's sustainable. They might not necessarily say it in public, but if you get an AD at a Power 5 or, I guess, you know, Power 4 institution, you catch him at the hotel bar after NACTA, you turn off your microphone and you ask him, they're going to tell you, yeah, they're going to be employees in two years. Uh, and then you have the house case, which might bankrupt mm. the NCAA to begin with. So, yeah, we're, we're on the precipice of something very different sooner than I think a lot of fans understand. Matt Brown, you can find him, of course. Uh, just head over to his website. He does a phenomenal job covering the business side of sports, as long as is is, and as well as just uh, knowing top to bottom uh, the collegiate athlete, uh, what they're going through. And uh, extrapointsmb.com is the website. Extrapointsmb 
Com. Matt, we appreciate it as always. We appreciate the breakdown. Thanks for making us your last call today, dude. This is your weekend, so have fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. You, you, yeah, you bet. Th- th- thanks for having me on, friends. You know, hopefully, hopefully next time we talk, it's it's le- it's more about the video game and less about college sports apocalypse. Hey, right? listen, like, I, I know that. Right. That's we'll just not do a full the most fun thing. Let's just stream. Yeah. Let's just get you on, and we'll do a full on. I've got a headset on. JJ's got one on. We'll just play a few quarters together with you. That's that's what we'll do next Wait. time. When, when this game comes out, I don't think I'm doing any actual reporting work for two weeks. <laughs> I'm just going to do this in markets across the country. And I'm like, honey, this is work. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you guys, yeah. right? Um, no, we just – I was telling Twitch streamer. I was telling, J, I was telling JJ this yesterday because I the last time I bought a, a version of the game was when I was in college, and it was the, 2000, oh, yeah. it was the 2005 Larry Fitzgerald cover. And that was the last time I actually oh, bought yeah. the game. So I'm excited <laughs> for 20 years on to buy the new one. It's and time. My kids are excited for it. So that's where we're at now. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope you play your children, and I hope you throw them into a garbage can, as is your sacred right as a father. <laughs> no mercy yeah, <laughs> in Mario Kart or football. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. You I bet. appreciate right. you guys. Thanks, you Matt. Go. Matt Brown. Uh, I actually have, I started losing at Mario Kart a few years ago, and it's – I can't get it back. That's humbling. Can't get it back. I don't have the time to be able to get it back. But I'm going to start tonight. All right? We'll take a break. We'll come back. After we return, this is a fun one, too. This is an exclusive we have not played yet. uh, And TV is going to play it this weekend because JJ had to sit down with – now, this is really cool, too, because if if you were to sit down and ask JJ two months ago who the best college player was three months ago who the best college player in the entire state was and we did it's dylan jones back then and it's dylan jones now we'll hear that interview coming up uh jj got to sit down with the weaver state star stay with us 97.5 the ksl sports zone your home for the best coverage of the jazz utes and cougars is right here on the zone this is jj and alex presented by g2g bars on 97.5 the ksl sports zone All right, welcome back, everybody. It is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on the program. Jeremiah Jensen, Alex Curie. Together, we are JJ and Alex. Thanks for being with us. Uh, pretty cool opportunity this week for you, JJ. This is a story that gets a little bit, I would say, put on the back burner because of all the attention that the big programs in the state have gotten this year because of how good they've ended up being. But the best player in the state of Utah in collegiate in collegiate basketball is not at Utah, Utah State, or BYU. No, he's not. He's at Weber State, and it's Dylan Jones. Uh, and if you're questioning that, well, ask the NBA scouts. Uh, he's already on the NBA radar, spent time at the G League and NBA Combine last summer. We'll talk about that in the interview. But uh, he's well on his track. Wait, and, and people here are fortunate that he came back, and you're running out of chances to go see Dylan Jones play while he's still at Weber State. Um, if you miss Damian Lillard play, don't make the same mistake with Dylan Jones. Go check out the last couple of home games that the Wildcats have. Uh, special player and even better human being. He'll be blown away by how mature he is, his perspective on everything. He's really, really a fascinating 
young man, and Weber State fans should be really proud. And the entire state should be proud. Uh, set it up for us. I know you got to sit down for a few minutes. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, the season going on, the ups and downs they've been through, whether you know the opportunities he had to leave during the offseason, and uh, his relationship with Damian Lillard, which is pretty cool. But I started out by asking him, how does somebody from Columbia, South Carolina, end up in Ogden at Weber State? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a crazy story. Um, you know, I went my I did my senior year in, in uh, Sunrise Christian Academy in Wichita, Kansas. And, um, you know, I played that year. Um, you know, I had a lot of offers early on at uh, where I'm from in South Carolina. But a lot of those schools, for whatever reason, stopped recruiting me, maybe because a lot of them was like East Coast offers and things like that. So that I guess they thought they couldn't get me or whatever. And um, yeah, then on top of that, COVID happened. And, um, you know, I played that year basically with no offers and stuff. And then, you know, COVID happened and everything went virtual. And, um, you know, recruiting became way, I guess, more easier because you could just talk to people and it wasn't really visits. And, um, you know, I got a call from Coach Daniels and he just told me that, you know, Weber was interested. And, um, you know, from there I did my research about the program and things. And I was like, you know, this is a pretty good program, you know, because obviously being where I'm from, I've never heard of it, honestly. Even, you know, with Dane being from here, I've never really heard of it. So after I did my research, I thought it was a pretty big-time program and, you know, had to weigh in options. You know, it was a tough decision, but I chose here. That turned out to be a great decision. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it did. I think everything happened how I was supposed to. Um, you know, my brother um, knew Coach Jorge Ruiz for like a while, even before. And it was just funny how everything like originated, you know. It's, it's always cool to just think back on how everything has went. It's almost like it's supposed to happen. What does it mean to be a part of this great basketball tradition at Weber State? We see the greats on the wall behind you, and of course that includes Damian Lillard. I think it means a lot. Um, you know, I think for somebody like me um, who has values, I think in the right things, um, I think it means a lot. You know, I think if I valued other things like, um, I guess, more fame and fortune and things like that, it wouldn't mean so much. But I think um, the substance in that is, you know, being at a place where you can always call home, you can always go back to and um, always be remembered for not only the things you've done on the court, but also off. So um, I think it's a big time thing to be a part of the tradition here. Um, obviously here, you know, there's a long line of guys that have set forth that tradition for me to reach. Um, and yeah, I think that's what's big time about it. You know, if it was maybe like a guy or two, you know, it's just not so much of an important thing, you know, but being that so many guys have had not only successful careers, but been successful people from here, um, I think it means that much more. How much time have you been able to spend with Dame? Uh, I've spent quite a, uh, I think quite a bit of time, at least for what his schedule presents. Um, you know, I've gone to his camp before. Um, we've talked, you know, through text or whatever and things like that. So I'll say we spent quite a, a, quite a bit of time together. How much has that relationship helped you? Uh, it's helped me a lot. I think, you know, for somebody like me that's striving to get to the highest level, um, and I can always have a resource like that to always reach back and um, not only show me some steps, but give me pointers along the way. Um, even to the fact that, you know, he can, you know, tell me things that he's even hearing. You know, I think like, earlier this year, he's, he texted me earlier and was like, you know, he's hearing great things from scouts, you know, just little things like that um, for people that have the access and that information. Being that he came from here is important to me in my position. You're wearing a shirt today that says, stay the course. What's the meaning behind that shirt? Yeah, this is uh, actually, so, so I want to say part of why I came here too, but so uh, my brother's, um, my brother's name is Eric Washington, and um, his best friend is Tyrell Corbin. And um, 
his dad was the head coach of the Jazz after Sloan, uh, Tyrone Corbin. And, um, you know, Tyrell actually played state championship here. And um, I'm not saying he had familiarity with the coaching staff and stuff, but, um, you know, he signed off on Utah basically for me. You know, he was like, you know, yeah, I think it would be a good place for you, stuff like that, because he had been out here in this uh, vicinity and stuff. And also he knew the assistant at the time on the women's staff, Nate, uh, Nate and um, – and they were friends as well. And he told me, you know, Coach Ray, good people. He's solid. Whatever they're telling you, you can believe him. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I didn't even plan that. But, um, yeah, Tyrell, this is his brand, actually, his shirt brand. He's stayed of course. And, um, you know, it's, it's his brand and this is his shirt. So I'm just supporting him. Um, but, yeah, it's actually funny because he's kind of one of the reasons why I came here too because that, that was Utah ties I had as well here, you know, being that uh, Corbin, Corbin then was in Utah. Also, even uh, Jarrell Brantley, a lot of people don't know that as well, but like, you know, Jarrell Brantley, who got drafted by Utah, he's from Columbia. Like, I grew up, like him and, he grew up watching my brother, and I grew up watching him, and he came out here, and it was like, I knew that if anything went wrong, I could, you know, I technically had family here, you know, in a way. It was crazy how it all worked, but yeah, it was. Your brother, Eric Washington, played at Miami, Ohio, now playing overseas professionally. How much has he helped prepare you for all of this success and all the experiences you're currently having right now? Yeah, it's been, I mean, big time. Like, I wouldn't, I, I can sit up here and say, like, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for him. Just because, you know, the walk that he's walked, um, it's made my decision-making process, the things that I've done, just way easier. Just because, you know, I'm not saying I, he's made mistakes, but just the steps that he's taken, I'm able to just learn from it. You know, again, experience is the best teacher. So, for me, it was just easier to go from the knowledge he's gave me, the things that he's told me, um, how to move about certain things, the business aspect of basketball, you know, something that I never would have thought I'd been a part of, but he's been through it. Um, you know, I think that's been the most instrumental part in my career, you know, because, you know, for somebody like me and just around the world, college basketball, the people don't understand the situations are very fragile. Like, they're, like you can be a good player here and be an average player here. Is that, is that small of a line? And, you know, for somebody like him, you know, decision-making processes is really important. And I think that's been the biggest part of my career is my decision-making. And part of that's because of him and what he's been through. Last summer, you had a great experience at the G League and NBA Combines. It put you on the map. NBA scouts and execs were impressed. What impact did that experience have on you? I think uh, the main thing it did for me was um, it gave me the platform, first of all, to show that I can, you know, play against higher-level competition and players. Um, I think that was the most important thing it did. Um, I think I've always had that belief in myself, but I think for the world, that was important for them to see that I could belong there and not only be a player, but be a good player and, um, you know, actually impact the game in so many ways. So I think that was the most important thing it did for me. Um, obviously, I was able to showcase my talents. Um, I was able to, you know, I guess prove to myself that I belong in an atmosphere like that and um, that I belong ultimately. You know what, you might have been drafted last year, but you decided to return to Weber State for one more year. Why did you make that decision? Uh, I think uh, most importantly, um, I think that when it came down to the process, the decision making was, um, I guess, what would I be giving up versus getting? And um, I didn't think that what I guess was on the table or what could have been possible uh, was worth giving up what I had here. Um, I did firmly believe that with how I came on the scene that if 
I go back and put together another year like I confidently know I can. And, um, you know, God's willing, everything goes how it's supposed to with no injuries and things. But um, if I just, you know, had that confidence that I could do it again with the attention that I had garnered, with people knowing who I was, I think I could, I think I thought I could put together an even stronger body of work, uh, show another level of jump and improvement, and which I have done. And um, I think that was most important. I think people, as it was going, it was so exciting because it was happening so fast. But um, in those times, you got to kind of be the one that just, you know, kind of looks at things from a bird's eye view and like look down on it and, you know, actually make a real calculated decision. And um, like you said, it was very possible that I could have, you know, been in wherever now, but I think it was the smartest decision for me. Um, I think it's paid off. It's been a wild ride this season. Great wins, head-scratching losses. You lose four or five in conference and then run off six straight wins. How would you describe this season? It's been crazy. Like you said, we've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Um, but I think, at least for me personally, it's, it's been the best thing that's probably I could have got out of this year. You know, I think if we would have just rolled through the season with flying colors, you know, I think I would have wouldn't have been faced with much. Um, I think for someone that's trying to go where I'm trying to go, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be things like that. And, um, yeah, I think I'm more proud of how this year went than any other year because when the chips were down, not only against me, but against my team and everyone here, the coaches and, you know, going to expectations and things, when the chips were down, we really um, found a way when no one else thought we really could to, you know, turn our season around and get back on the right track. And um, just to have that perspective, man, uh, it's been a crazy year, but, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way, in all honesty. Now, you guys have rolled up your sleeves, gone to work, and now it's paying off. Incredible comeback win at Idaho and a huge win at Eastern Washington. What did you learn about the team on that trip? I think we was already on the right track. Um, I think that definitely, I guess, was the loudest win of it all. But I think we've been trending in the right direction. And, you know, when everything was at its low points, you know, the perspective you got to have is, you know, you want to be, as the season's going, you want to be going upward, you know. And I think that win itself just shows where we are going as a team on the trajectory going up. And I think that's what's most important. You know, I, I think we have the talent to compete with anybody, like, in the country, if you ask me. You know, this is the belief I have in people and my teammates. But, um, you know, I just think that that's what it did for us. You know, I think we knew we could win the game. Now, to go out there and do it is a whole other thing. And we were, we were, we had to be men to go in there in that environment with everything they had on the line and, you know, be up as much as 17. Like, that wasn't, it wasn't easy. But, you know, we got the talent to do it. We got the players to do it. We got the coaching staff to give us the right plan. So, you know, I think it, it just put us continuing to go in that right pace and trajectory. So how has all of that prepared you for what matters most? We all know it comes down to the Big Sky Tournament and hopefully an NCAA tournament appearance. Obviously, before even the Eastern Washington game, the, even the Idaho game, down seven with a minute and 10 seconds to go, you know, just somehow finding a way to win that game. I think it's just more about finding ways to win. You know, I think when it goes to the tournament, you know, you can think this script is how it's supposed to look, but you never know how it will. And I think this year we've shown, even in this little patch we've been through, is like finding ways to win in a multitude of ways, you know. Um, but also, I think most importantly is like finding our identity as a team defensively, um, setting that, that tone and presence of us as a team, and that's what's going to win us games. How much have you enjoyed life in Ogden? Uh, I've enjoyed it. You know, I think uh, for somebody like me who's not really into, like, the, I guess the high life, uh, yeah. I think it's the perfect city for me. Um, I think everything here kind of moves at, you know, my pace, and I think that uh, was big time. You know, I think um, 
when you got somewhere even like Salt Lake where it's accessible to, you know, if you want to live that life, you can go up there and, you know, have that. But for somewhere like Ogden, man, it's been great. You know, I think the community's been great. Um, I'll go to the neighborhood Smiths and see people and talk to them and things like that. Um, even as much as having a membership at the Ogden Athletic Club and, you know, being in a sauna and people being like, oh, like, you know, I was at the game and stuff like that. So uh, the community and everything like that from that perspective has been good. And um, I couldn't ask for a better city, at least to be here and focus on school and basketball. It's definitely did everything for me that I needed. Your story isn't written yet, but how do you want to be remembered when your time as a Wildcat is done? I want to be remembered as um, a player that, you know, in an era where social media is big and NIL is such a big thing and whatever, I want to be someone that's been remembered as somebody that no matter anything that I was maybe pressured with from the outside, um, public, whatever, you know, I kind of stood on what I believed in through the whole time when I came into college and I didn't waver that at all, you know. When I came in, I said I want to be a part of a program where I can be successful, the team can be successful, um, and I can have a chance to be a pro. You know, once those things was presented to me, I didn't go back on that word and was like, oh, well, I'm going to go make this money somewhere else, you know, because that could have been very easy to do. Um, that's what I want to be more remembered as, you know. Obviously, you know, I want to win a championship and things like that. But I think personally as a player, you know, I never, I guess, gave up on here. You know, I'm kind of that, been that type of person in my life, though. You know, just when I'm with you, I'm in, all in, you know. So um, I was all in here when I came here. You know, I never wavered from it at all, you know. And I was faced with the biggest temptations <laughs> of them all, you know. But I decided, you know, to stay here. That's what I said when I came in here, and I never flinched from it at all, you know, no matter what happened. How tempting were some of those offers at big schools in the offseason? I can't imagine what that was like to have to make that kind of a decision. This error, you know, you got, you know, poaching is big. Um, just the whole business of basketball is turning more into a business. And um, I just think that, you know, with the things that was coming, it's just very easy for someone that's like, I guess, not in, I guess the normal person, I would say, to just, you know, look at it from that perspective and be like, well, why shouldn't I do that, you know? But um, I think if you really remember your goals, remember what you really set out to do, remember what you really, you know, you said your plan really was, and you stick to those things, you won't waver from it, you know? But, um, you know, I'd be lying if I say it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing, though. Obviously it is, but um, I just think it does depends on who you are and what your makeup is, you know? That's just what, I'm, what I've been about. Dylan Jones, sitting down with uh, Jeremiah Jensen. You can see that thing, that uh, that interview in full on uh, on KSL Sports Live on Sunday night. You guys gonna run it on Sundays? Everyone's gonna be Saturday at six and Saturday Sunday at ten forty five. You can Saturday six ten forty five Saturday. You Sorry. can see it, but not just there. hear it. All right, which is always enjoyable. You, you've been tooting this guy's horn all year, and it was yeah. like everybody's got to see how good this cat is, and he may when you have a player like him. When you go to the Big Sky championships and you've got a guy on your team who's better than everybody else maybe in the conference, do you have a shot? Yeah. If you have the best player in a three-game tournament, essentially, <laughs> you're betting on the team with the best player. And, and Weber State right has the best player. Yeah. Look, Eastern Washington's really good. Uh, there's there's some good teams in that, in that conference. But if you're looking at that situation, you're like, okay, what team am I going to bet on here? Who has the best player? And the best player is Dylan Jones. And that's why I think Weber State has a great chance to make it to the NCAA tournament this year. And if that's the case, and if Utah can finish strong, think about four men's teams in the mm. NCAA tournament this year. Very possible. And uh, 
how cool would it be to see Dylan Jones, who's one of the best players in the country, to get that opportunity to play on the biggest stage in the NCAA tournament? How many great players have we seen over the years just to get that chance to expose themselves to the country and take advantage of that opportunity? He's one of those guys, if you're looking at the tournament, who's that wild card player out there that's on a, on a mid-major that could make a splash in March. He's that guy. Would you say would you say there were chances were? There were great chances. Would you say there are great, great, great chances? I think they're gonna win Starch Madness. Look at that. All right. I didn't say March Madness, I said Starch Madness. That's uh that's up in Boise, right? Big Sky yeah. Tournaments in Boise. All right. We'll take a break here, we'll come back. If you missed any of that, you can go back and listen on the podcast, any of the shows all day long. Uh all of all of the tabs on the on the uh, on KSLSports.com, you can go Look there. You can see all the shows. Just click on the podcast tab, and you can see uh, and find the show uh, by hour, by guest, all of it right there. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got more to go right around the corner, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, JJ and Alex. Uh, let me see here. Is this what? Oh, they're showing the, they're playing the hits. Uh, they're showing Rick Patino right now up on the screen having his, uh, he's, he, we talked about this earlier in the week, but they just, I guess they showed it on, on, uh, SportsCenter. And it's a little bit of a, like, kind of the worst moments of the week. The fan, the Mavericks fan, the other, was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Uh, calling uh, KD a cuss, a swear, JJ? Yeah, and then asking him if he wants to be on his podcast. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, classic. What classic. a tool. Can I say that on radio? Checking. It's already passed. <laughs> Let's move on. It's already passed the. Uh, it's already passed the dump button stage. We're good. We're okay. good. Now I know. I'm learning a lot of radio things here. I mean, that's you, probably not. Uh, have you ever said it on TV? Um, <laughs> Could you imagine? You're, you're all let buttoned me, let up me try on TV it out this weekend. You're all buttoned up on TV. Got a guest on. Now some people would say Rick Petito is what we call a tool, but. <laughs> What do you think? St. Right. John's head tool, Rick Patino. <laughs> so this is a guy who have opportunities to go free. This like is a that guy. This is a guy who called out his student athletes this week. Yeah. What did he say they were? Uh, they're ungrateful. They are lazy. They aren't working on anything in particular because it took them all year to for him to get them to 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 make bounce passes. And that, isn't that what he said? And then he, he threw said, them under the bus saying, this is just who we had when we got here. Right? And this then, is all and I can't do. I can't do anything right? about it. I can't and change my roster. This is the most unenjoyable year he's ever had yeah. in coaching. Even more unenjoyable than the years that you were uh, caught cheating or the ones where you weren't making $3 million a year He got caught cheating and he got kids. caught cheating. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. The old double. Uh, you know what though? I guess they responded by going out and winning because that's what they did. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I guess they weren't too offended. All right. Well, bottom line is, good job, Rick Pitino. Uh, he's the kind of guy on a Friday that just makes you go, oof. Yeah. See? Uh, by the way, coming up next hour, we have uh, at least some updated bracketology from across the country. You can see where Utah, BYU, and Utah State all stand. And it's a big weekend, of course, for these uh, all these programs. Utah basically can't afford to lose any more games. Is that where we're at? Utah's in trouble. They got to win. They got to figure this thing and out. And they don't have they don't have opportunities against tournament teams because the Pac-12 is so down. And they have to kind of make a little bit of a run in the Pac-12 tournament. Also, I agree with that. Yes. So all of those things have to come into place. Win, 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 no matter what. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll roll out what some of these brackets uh, brackets are saying. We'll look at the bra- bracket matrix and also look at the. Uh, we'll look at Lunardi, who's uh, JJ's favorite, and uh, Jerry Palm, who's my favorite. So we have our we have our crushes when it comes to brackets. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Plus, uh, Salt Lake still moving forward with the possibility of what a stadium would look like. You just saw the, an update this afternoon coming in from. Uh, I just got a news report about you know now the legislature is looking at it and saying what do we want to spend on a stadium downtown. We'll tell you what that number is. Right here, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, you're locked into JJ and Alex with the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, all right, let me ask you this. Is it Friday so we just get a little bit bored and so we get trolled? Who trolled us? Oh, somebody talking about, is Anthony Edwards in the conversation to be one of the greats? Michael yeah! Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan and Anthony Edwards? Who's the GOAT? Question mark. It's like, ESPN, are we doing this? Come on. Uh, like... Look, he's a good ball player. Like, let's give him a few years of, I don't know. Give it time. Doing something. He was he is this his first all star year? I think it is. Either way, if it's his first if it's not his first, it might be his second. I'm pretty sure it was his first. He's been close in the past. Yeah, so I'm I'm uh Oh no, sorry. I apologize. I was wrong. It's he's been a, he's a two time all star now. Two timer. I'm yeah. sorry. We could blame Kevin Garnett for this nonsense. Oh, KG asked it? He compared him to the eighty four Jordan. Yeah. Oh well. Look, I love Anthony Edwards as a player. So he's, he's just saying he's as good as second-year All-Star Anthony Edwards right now is as good as 1984 Michael Jordan. We're getting real weird with the real nuanced conversations about whether or not he's the GOAT. Is he better than the GOAT in 1984? No. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, you go, I mean, you could say, oh, is, I mean, you could do this across the board. What could you do? Is this iteration of, is Luka Doncic better than 1982 Magic Johnson? You know, I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's a weird question to ask. 82 82 Magic was pretty tough. It's tough to beat. Uh, We got so many things to get to. We got to get to the cut. Can we do it? Uh, Let's jump in here. Our program is brought to you by G2G Bars, all natural, all natural ingredients, no preservatives. 
The G2G bar is the perfect protein bar for you to give a shot. Find them at Holiday Oil, Maverick, Associated Foods, um, Costco, all, the, all in the refrigerated section because they don't have the old preservatives that the other ick bars do. Let's go. Give them a shot. All right, let's kick off the hours. We always do with the cut. Let's jump in right here. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The cut brought to you today also by Trajan Wealth, T R A J A N Wealth.com, your trusted local financial fiduciary. Trajan Wealth is spelled T R A J A N Wealth.com. Also, the official debit cards of the Utah Jazz, University of Utah Sports, and Real Salt Lake, and more exclusively, America First Credit Union. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what what it's going to cost to put a to put a stadium here on the west side of town in the Power District. Is that what we're calling it? Yep, that's or is the it Power the, District. Uh, already, I already got it. That's it. Who sang Electric Avenue? Uh, what was the band who sang Electric Avenue? Because if we don't, if we didn't, Eddie Grant. It, Eddie Grant. Hey, Jeremy. That one I know doesn't have cusses in it. Okay. 1982. That 1982. Song I don't know where you're going with this, because if you're going to open that stadium and we don't rock out to, we going to rock down to electric Avenue. They could literally name in the street. By Here the we stadium go. Electric Avenue. Call it electric Avenue. If we're not, we're not doing a good, we're not doing a good job and pay them whatever they need to get it. Oh, he's, is he still with us or the estate? <laughs> I mean, until until you had me Google that, I <laughs> I had never heard of Eddie Grant. I've heard the song. Oh yeah. No, if we don't have this baseball team living on Electric Avenue, we've not done our jobs. Eddie Grant's still with us, seventy-five years old. Guyanese British singer. Oh no, oh, we gonna rock down to Electric Avenue, and then we take it higher. Born in nineteen forty-eight. Don't tell me. This is a pretty good jam for a baseball stadium, too. Come on. And at the very least, okay, we can't get a, we don't get a street. It's going to be like, you know, it's going to be like uh, Larry H. Miller Way and Gail Miller Boulevard. That's where the stadium's going to be found. So you don't, maybe you don't call the street Electric Avenue. Electric Avenue. But you know what Electric Avenue is? What? It's that power alley where they're hitting home runs to the right field. Ooh, Boom. there you go. You're on to something. Yeah. No, I'm always on to something. Look at us already making these kind of plans. Come on. That we haven't even been granted a franchise yet. But here's the thing. I love it, though. Eight, one it's, point. We believe it's that sure of a thing. <laughs> you're, you're naming... Uh... I'm naming the power alley where the where the home runs are going to be You're hit the most. naming <laughs> the left, the, the right left field, field, left field. I don't care. You tell me. Oh, you know that's. Spot where people are going to hit home runs. You know, Electric Avenue was always very friendly to the right-handed hitter. See what I'm saying? That yeah, sounds there normal, you go. isn't it? See? So. It's our own little uh, <laughs> McCovey Cove. Uh, oh, yeah. There you go. So, here's the deal. All right. Eddie, what is it? Eddie Murray? <laughs> Eddie Grant. Eddie Grant. May he rest. Wait, Eddie you said Murray. he wasn't dead. You said he's not dead. Okay. Eddie Grant. We did it again. The streak <laughs> continues. Another show where Alex kills somebody who's uh, still alive. Sorry. All right. Eddie Grant is still with us. So now that I'm already getting down the, I'm already getting down the road on this one. You're way ahead. I mean, yes. I think that Steve Starks, shout out Steve Starks, oh, yeah. CEO of uh, Miller Group of Companies. 
He should Miller give me a, Company. He should give me a shot at I some of the brainstorming. That, uh, they need. I think we've we've got something here. Electric Avenue. I'm just telling you. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, I think I got a. Yeah, I did. I got a one of these. You know, news uh, alerts today about the idea of a. There's a a state legislator who's putting together a deal so that uh, these the arena so the the hockey arena looks like it might there might be a billion dollars that we're going to have to figure out to get it built so it's a billion for, over 30 years for the hockey and basketball whatever this is which right? is exciting sure that would be paid for with sales tax and then the 900 million of public funding for the baseball stadium um Hotel tax? I'm not sure. There's a lot of there's ideas. So out it's there. hotel tax, yes. Some they're trying tax. to make this work, and okay. but they're th- but see, look, you, you, see mentioned, what we're doing you here? mentioned tax, and everybody listening cringes. Oh. Right? No, we're look. We want. We need to get. Yes, we don't want to be overtaxed. I get it. These are the ones that I'll pay for. These are the ones that I like. You'll to, pay for this. Yes, these are the ones that I like. To well, do. the majority of voters, Utah, specifically uh, those that live in those areas that are going to be taxed, are they willing to pay for it? Yeah, I don't know. They might not have a choice because it might be something. Okay, here's what they said, too. By the way, they're talking about a downtown Salt Lake City hockey arena. Are we just totally done talking about Point of the Mountain now? No one's talking about that? No one's talking about the fact that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints would probably be very interested in keeping downtown alive. I don't want to move a hockey team down to Draper. Especially, look, J.J., we're talking about a hockey arena Within a stone's throw, right? We're talking about a baseball arena within a home run hit up Electric Avenue. And that's right by our office. Not as in right by our office. This is our capital city. I've been a fan of it. I know that if the only way to get them there is to make some, if they had some deal to get a stadium done down in Draper, fine. But they're rolling out. Downtown Salt Lake City Hockey Arena itself could cost taxpayers a billion dollars. You could see up to nine hundred million dollars that would be that we uh, may be on the hook for, as a I don't know Salt Lake County, Salt Lake City, whomever it might be. Everybody who doesn't live in Salt Lake is like, oh, we're fine. I'm cool. I don't know how it works, but with the Olympics coming in twenty thirty four, we've got to figure out a way to get this thing done. By the way, two major sports stadiums, Allegiant Stadium cost two billion dollars. That's for one NFL team. All right. The stadium for the A's, Jeremy. What was the? Did you see what it was for the for the A's proposal in the at the Tropicana site? Was I think over? Yes, one point five billion. This is a bargain, JJ. We're talking a bargain. A, yeah, man. One point eight eight billion dollars. We're talking about the possibility of getting funding, and that's for two stadiums. We're talking about for two stadiums. So, so the update on the MLB stadium bill, uh, it advanced to the House on Friday. It is a new hotel tax that would help pay for hey, the stadium. There we go. Bill that advanced in the House Friday, according to KSL 5. All right. Hotel tax. But think about it. This is well worth it. I don't have to, I don't have to convince you. You don't have to tell me twice. Come on. We're all in, right? We know this, thing's, we know this thing needs to happen. It's huge. This is a state that's growing. This is a state that wants to be... Uh, you know, on the it wants to be on the map, and this is a way to do it. So let's go. 
Who do you put on the EA Sports uh, game, by the way? Do you want me to roll out some names for you? Caleb Williams. Okay, but let's say that they wanted to do it and they wanted somebody from this year going into this year. college player. Okay. Okay. It's got Arch Manning, poor Quinn Ewers. Texas you talking backup about quarterback, Arch Manning <laughs> you, on the cover of, were you of talking about NCAA that? football. Everything that Texas is – anything that they show about Texas, they got a picture of Arch Manning up. By the way, Quinn Ewers probably would have been the third quarterback taken in this draft if he would have entered the draft. Maybe. Third or fourth, maybe? Maybe. Okay, but, so let me give yeah. you some names. Let me give you some names to put on the uh, EA Sports game this year. Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow. That's an auto. It's Alabama, the brand. Yeah, that makes sense. Alabama safety Malachi Moore. doesn't move the needle for me. No. Arizona State receiver. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Relique Brown. He's on the – now, these are guys who, by the way, have already gotten gotten added promotion. Ah. Added dollars. Not just the 600 plus the game download. Uh, Cade Klubnick, right? That's the uh, quarterback out of Clemson. Travis Hunter, two-way player out of Colorado, obviously. That, if you're going to if you're going to have a college uh, player, the Colorado thing, the prime. It might work. Yeah, the prime hype. Yeah, I think so. So he got that. I'm assuming that we don't see we don't see Shooter Sanders on here because this the the money wasn't wasn't rich enough for his blood, right? Like, hey, I bet that they went back and forth with Shooter Sanders. Am I wrong? Yeah. That's a guy who will he will absolutely that could happen. go back and forth. So Travis Hunter there. Jordan how, about, Porter, how about regional covers? Okay. Could they do that? Now here's an interesting one. Speaking of regional guys, but this is this wouldn't be the regional cover here, but he has a, a the name recognized, of course. Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart. Yeah. He got extra dollars to promote this uh this video game. He's the Heisman Trophy candidate next year. Texas Tech running back Taj Brooks. We got a uh, dose of him last year. Ethan Garbers, UCLA's head uh, our, uh, uh, quarterback. Let me see if I recognize anybody else. Oh, yeah. So, Quinn Ewers is on here. That's uh, I don't really recognize anybody. Oh, no, Donovan Edwards, the running back out of Michigan. He was uh, Blake Corm's backup, right? Anyway, bottom line is, Lots of names you can put on there, and these kids can get paid now. Put them on there. Good. I'm all about it. And these guys, like I said, I read these guys off. They got extra promotion for being a part of this. So you, if you tweet yourself out there, they put they 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 tweeted out there. They probably got some extra dollars for it. I'm sure that they did, and I'm glad they did. So I'm all about it. I just had that pop up, and I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to talk. There about. you go. Sorry, squirrel. Now here are the cities. Back to baseball that could challenge Salt Lake because the list keeps getting bigger. And I'm going to tell you the city that scares me the most. You ready? Which one? So I'm going to read the cities, and then you tell me which one I think I'm more worried about. Okay. Charlotte, Nashville. Now, that's not challenging Utah necessarily, but here are the cities that are on the list. Charlotte, Nashville, Portland, Mexico City, Montreal, Austin slash San Antonio, uh, Montreal again because I guess we need to put on the list twice. No, no, it's it's it, you want. We already got Jeremy's vote. Who he wants? He wants it to be a a, a French Canadian team. Expos, come on. Orlando, Raleigh, and San Jose. What city on that list do you think scares me the most? San Jose. One thousand percent, it is Mexico City. Hey, the old NFL one. Mexico City. Why? Because imagine what they're doing here. First of all, 
Uh, Mexico's <laughs> TV market. Sell me on Mexico City. <laughs> Mexico's uh, Mexico de Efe, the uh, actual capital city. Number one TV market in all of Mexico. <laughs> okay. Now, Mexico, Mexico and baseball, they have, they, they have their own leagues in Mexico, all right? Baseball is a big deal. If you were going to expand baseball, and they were like, yeah, let's go to, let's go to Nashville, boom, and it was up between Mexico City and Salt Lake, I think that there would be a considerable amount of energy around Mexico City. Where would players rather play? Uh, I don't know, in front of... 30 million people that live in Mexico City. Where would players rather live? It's beautiful this time of year, Mexico City. Hey, Siri, what's the average temperature in Mexico City right now? Let's just give me an answer. Let me see. Okay. I found this on the mm. for what's the average I, I did a little Googling. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so yeah, right now, this time of year, 64, uh, 64, 68 degrees. Perfect. What's the elevation in Mexico City? Oh, yeah. What, what is pitch, what pitcher is going to want to pitch in Mexico City? Hey, you throw your ball faster. It's set 7,350 <laughs> feet. Yeah, we already have a team. Yeah, guess what? That's that's actually pitching. That's it. more than 2,000 feet higher than Denver. And everyone complains about the Rockies. Yeah, and they, they can't also sign love it. pitchers. No one wants to pitch there. But they also love it. But they also love the idea of maximum home runs. Okay. Yeah. See, we're getting the fireworks. And then Seoul, Korea, and Tokyo, Japan are the other two cities of expansion possibilities. Seoul, Korea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they're doing the, uh, they're doing a couple different series, aren't they? Yeah. They're doing, they're doing the. Uh, they are. The Japan series. They're, they're going to do the the Korean series. Is uh, that's in a, that's in a, about a month. Yeah. So obviously those aren't on the list, but Mexico City does pose a little bit of a nerve wracking situation for me because there's a huge market. If the commissioner goes, I could tap into a whole other country and we could get this thing going. Would players want to live in Mexico City versus Salt Lake City? They're probably like, uh, I don't know, sounds cool to go to Mexico City. I mean, you essentially be it'd be an AL West team. <laughs> or an AL, AL we'll Central. Create the new AL South. Yes. Let's go. So I, all I'm saying is, is that that one made me nervous when I saw Mexico City has now earned its way onto the list somehow. Don't tell me it's a little it's it's a little intriguing, JJ. Come on. Uh, do you know what city I'm most of, uh, worried about San on this Jose. list? San Jose. None of them. Oh, okay. Oh, none of them. I'm that confident that Salt Lake City's in the lead. I'm pretty glad. I'm. I love that Portland still has a. Someone's like, just put Portland on the list. <laughs> Throw them a bone. They were nice. They, they made, have, They've had this. They've had this thing yeah. going for a long time. Made, it really hasn't caught any steam. They There's no ownership. They haven't even bought the land yet. They made a rendering. But, it's got a gondola on it. Yeah. Throw them a bone. Anybody find out what that gondola, gondola does? Does it take you from the outfield to home plate? Like, what are we talking about here? Why do you need a gondola in a baseball stadium? All right. <sighs> anyway, Mexico City. I'm just saying, watch out. Okay. It's going to start to catch a little well, bit of fire. Well, that would be really disappointing if they make the announcement in 2028 and uh, Mexico City beats out Salt Lake <laughs> City for an MLB well, no. team. When uh, – when the commissioner shows up, when Rob Manfred shows up and he goes, hola, mis amigos. <laughs> and then you're like, no, the expansion. He starts to go full on. Uh, gosh. See, Mexico City, is that scares me. Because it's 30 plus million people. It's a, it's a country that loves baseball. Although I think you could probably say like, 
Maybe Havana's on the list. <laughs> There's also crime concerns. There's also money problems. What? You don't want to get paid. The stadium's not. You don't want to get paid. To you don't want to get paid in pesos. Come on. I don't. I think that there's some All right. definitely issues with Mexico City. Now, it's this. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Yes. And it's certainly an untapped baseball market, but there's just too many issues. You and, and add on top of travel and players maybe not wanting to play there. It's going to be that would be, be a pretty tough sell. Yeah. It's like London with the NFL. It's I never agree. going to happen. Oh come on. So stay here, 97.5 The Kiss, Sports Zone. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz ah! on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> for this one jj yeah catch def leopard at the summer stadium tour 2024 pour some sugar on me <laughs> as they make a stop at the utah first credit union amphitheater September unless there's 10th. ants nearby what happened there's Imagine. exceptions what are you talking about if you pour sugar on me and there's a oh, bunch of ants okay. i thought there was some sort of thing in their rider for uh for def leopard they're like if there are ants on the stage, we're not performing. I get it. Pour some sugar on me. I didn't know what that song was about before, and I still don't know what it's about. Don't. You probably don't want to know. Don't. <laughs> so here's what you got. Def Leppard, September 10th. You can get your tickets. LiveNation.com or Solid Band. Listen all day next Thursday. We're going to be giving away some tickets. It's a little a bonus edition of handing out some tickets here. I don't know if Def Leppard's on like uh, uh, like the highest level of rock of all time. And mm. A lot of people are going to argue with me on that. But it's great, and I think it's aged really well. Uh, it does. It jams still. Yeah. I have are a problem with that. I'd go watch Def Leppard. Are they all still with us? Uh, <laughs> chances are not good. No. There's a band that's going to be here. They're named Def Leppard. I'm not sure it's all the original members. Hmm. But they'll play the songs, and it should be a good time. Enjoy it. Is uh, Def Leppard the one with the drummer with one arm? Yes. Right. Is he still with us? <laughs> the arm's not. I can't answer that question. Yeah. All right. I hope he is. All right. We're giving out Def Leppard tickets next Thursday. That's all I'm saying. Hey, the uh, NFL. I got info if you want, for real. Oh, yeah? Two original members left with Def Leppard. There's only two left? Well, two original members. Oh, okay. So, okay. is it? Are they going to be there? <laughs> Can you guarantee them being there? Def Leppard, like Jeremiah said, Def Leppard songs will be played. Yeah, the songs With will be played. Right. I can't tell you who's going to be there. I can't promise Joe Elliott's going to be there, but somebody's right. going to be singing the songs. Fine. Uh, we were wondering, because the NFL salary cap, it does go up every year. And I think at some point we were wondering, okay, we'll see what that number looks like. And over the past couple of years, it's gone up 15, 17, 15, the NFL salary cap has gone up a record $30 million for next year. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Yeah, this is all based off of how well the league's doing, obviously. Uh-huh. 
Each team is going to be able to spend a record $255 million. Of course, the NFL is a hard cap league. I think everybody should be. But I'm old school like that. I'm joking. It's actually not Taylor Swift. Do you know why the pe- the uh, the uh, cap's going up? Why? Thanks in part to gambling revenue. No. They made some money on that? I thought Shocking. that was kind of a... Guess I what helped a, them pay off their I pandemic that was losses? A, uh, I thought that was a not-for-profit situation. Yeah, I wonder why the NFL went all in on gambling all of a sudden after the pandemic. Hmm. Isn't... Caesar's Palace, a 5013C charitable. <laughs> Aren't they a. It's a not for profit, right? Come work for our non for profit. There you go. All right. There you go. It's okay. great, though. I mean, it's good for the team. If you're a fan of the league, the league has never been healthier financially, and your favorite team now has an increased percentage of cap space that they can use if they haven't used it up already. So it's good for a lot of teams out there. So I asked you about the values of uh, of of tag of franchise tag numbers. A, cu- a couple of uh, I think it was yeah it was uh, it was last week. But those were the old numbers. Here are the new ones. Now that we have the two hundred fifty-five okay. million dollar uh, this will be good salary cap two hundred fifty-five point four. By the way, quarterback's new franchise tag is thirty-eight point three million. The wide receiver tag is now $21.8 million. The tight end tag is 20, 20, or 12.6, actually 12.7. Offensive line, the franchise tag is 21, just short of $21 million. Defensive ends are 21.3. Defensive tackles are 22.1. Linebackers are 24. These are franchise tag salaries. Cornerbacks are 19.8. Safeties are 17.1. Kickers are the only group that are less than the running backs with the franchise tag. Running backs, 11.9 million, makes them the second lowest paid position group. Now, officially in the NFL, they were, at one point, they, they, even up to last year, the wide receiver was behind that, or sorry, the uh, tight end was just behind them. Right. The running back now has officially become the uh, lowest position that's not a special teams can you imagine waking up from the 80s and or or 90s like that walter payton and barry sanders and into emmett smith era and hear this news a linebacker is two times more on the franchise tag value than a running back is wow more than two times man the game has changed yes i mean defensive linemen are almost two times the amount on the franchise tag. kids in high school aren't going to want to play running back you're gonna have kids like I don't. I'm not. I'm not playing running back. I'll go play linebacker. See, this is where I swoop in and go, "Hey, kid, we're gonna get you playing running back because no one wants to play right now." You have kids with five two forties playing running back in high school. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is lots of money flowing uh, in the NFL. By the way, Mike McCarthy's getting a lot of grief because uh, it says he's not going to attend the NFL scouting combine. Does it? Do you care if your head coach is there? Like, in my mind, I'm like, that's not the guy who they pay to make that decision anyway. I want to see the GMs there. The coaches can wander around, but I don't really care. Uh, do you need to be at the Combine to see how good these guys are? Do you need to be in those interviews? You tell me what your take is on this. Normally, if I'm the head coach, I'm there. This is weird. It's weird he's not going. I think it's weird, unless he has a personal issue that you totally understand. Daughter's wedding. Which I would disclose because I would want 
fans and, and media to know that there's a reason why I'm not there. Because, especially for the Cowboys, this is a crucial offseason for them. They got a lot to prove. They were the most disappointing team in the playoffs last year. Because I think a lot of people thought, this is the year. They have the best wide receiver in the game, at least statistically, last year. CeeDee Lamb, you can, you can argue that. Maybe Tyree Kill, you think, is better. But CeeDee Lamb was unbelievable last year. Dak actually had a great year. It just didn't work out in that playoff game. The Cowboys were built to win a Super Bowl. And they got their butts kicked by a team that nobody thought was going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So this is a big offseason for the Cowboys. They need to stock up at certain places with the draft. I'm surprised he's not there. Your head coach, while he maybe is not the GM, and obviously in, in, in Dallas he's not the GM, we all know who runs the show in Dallas and who's going to make the decisions in Dallas. Not shouldn't be that way, but it is. But your head coach should at least have some input on personnel issues. He should at least have some input on what he thinks of a player. Right? That's weird yeah. to me. No, I think it's it is interesting. Very weird. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm like, what the heck, man? What's going on here? Uh, let me look here. Baker Mayfield, has he done enough to be did he do enough last year to prove to you that he's he's back and you can make him your franchise guy? If I was the Bucks, I'd ride with him unless it's going to cost you too much money. So it could cost them the tag amount, which is 30, 38.5 oh now. That might be too much money. A one-year fully guaranteed contract just to make sure that uh, hitting, the free a- hitting the free agency market is not something he wants to do. But if you gave him like a four-year, uh, you know, a four-year, $112 million contract? That's not it's low. $140 million contract? Yeah, what would he command in free agency? Uh, 25 to $30 million, right? No, it's got to be more than that. It's got, I mean, that's not even close to the... I bet he would command about uh, low 30s. Yeah, between Ooh. 30 33 million if you're going to do a long-term deal. And I think it'd be worth it. Daniel Jones is 40, $40 million a year. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I, Baker's better than Daniel Jones. Well, let me give so, you yeah. some numbers. Let me give you some numbers. Okay. Baker Mayfield, fifty or 65% completion percentage last year. I think we forget that he threw for 4,044 yards. That's good. And 28 touchdowns and 10 picks. That's a good ratio. That's a really, Three good, to one. That's a really good year. If you're an NFL quarterback and your, your touchdown interception ratio is right around 3-1, to one, you're good. That's a really good All ratio. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I think that the Bucks found a guy, and they, they've got a lot of other – I think make it work. I mean, I think I, he's I, worth it. There's a lot of quarterbacks okay, I love your, more than Baker. Right, but but are they available? Hey, you could get Desmond Ritter. You could get Sam Darnold. <laughs> you could get Zach Wilson. Exactly. You have a quarterback that got you to the playoffs last year. You ride it. You go with it. I think he's got a newfound something going on there, too. Plus, when you're able to throw to Mike Evans – like, come on. Now they is my, that's a, is Mike gonna Evans going to be out, there? They're going to have to figure out I'm not so Mike sure Evans. about that. That's the one guy. That's that's. He's going to be one of the most sought-after free yeah, agents. He might, not, he might not be in Tampa Bay anymore. Probably not. I don't know how much he wants to be there. Yeah. Right. Anyway, there you go. Well, he's there. He's the he's an all-time great there. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's already won a Super Bowl ring, so maybe he does want to stay there. I mean, there's, there's plenty of good reasons to stay in Tampa. There's worse places to play football. And All live. Right. And live. And live. Hey, I've I've been to Raymond James Stadium a couple times. I like it. Uh, that area of town, everybody says, is not great. But 
Yeah, it's you know any any big metropolitan area is going to have it. I'd live in clear. Not so great. I'd live in clear water. If there I was you go. Them. go live right? in, I mean, there's if you got a lot of money, man. There's probably some amazing places you could live at in Tampa. Come on. If you got forty million, whatever it is. Forty million, whatever they are, they're dollars, JJ. Come on. Oh, not pesos. I forgot what currency we use here. <laughs> Sorry. It's let's, Friday. Let's come back. We got more to go around the corner. Stay with us. Uh, when we come back. We're going to have a little discussion. Why don't we have our little best and worst? JJ brought a piece of sound to the table that is very this is the under- best. You got to hear it. Very underrated. You need to hear it. It's a referee on the mic. You can hear it next right here, 97.5 VKSLs. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. Shame on you, KSL. Wow. How dare you? That was a bold way to come out of a break. What's <laughs> No, I just love the What's grinding just, your gears? No, I just I love the emails we get. Oh well, yeah. Right? Well. They're mostly they're mostly pointed at you. Uh, What's don't, the don't, TV gentleman doing on the me. radio? Don't blame me. Did he say a cuss earlier? <laughs> I'm gonna send a letter to somebody. I am an idiot. <laughs> Come on. Use that way too We much. need a ruling on whether or not I said something I'm not supposed to say because I'm still cl- I'm not clear on this. I like to see Jeremy sweat a little bit, though. Otherwise, we haven't done our job. Oh, it's my Friday. favorite thing. When I say something that's on the like edge. This, and he starts going. And he's got that hand out there, and he's trying to decide whether to so dump the real me or truth? not. I, can, to, I only heard half of what you said. He's over. The, he's hovering <laughs> over the dump button. <laughs> what did JJ say? Whenever he talks, my hand's always. I'd repeat what I said, but is there kids in that? Oh, room there are lots of kids in there. We're good. That tells me all I need to know, so I probably shouldn't say that on the radio. Family situation. If the kids can't hear it, then I shouldn't say it. Well, you just don't want to have the parents have to explain it later. It's not what your is, fault. What was he talking about, Dad? I want to take a moment here on uh, <laughs> JJ and Alex. I uh, want to apologize for what I said in the three o'clock hour. I used a term I shouldn't have said. Uh, but uh, it was about it will a not team. Again. But it was about a team. Or who was it about? I don't even remember. No, me neither. Do you remember, Jerry? <laughs> I called somebody something. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. But I assume it was a t- whoever your team is you don't like. That's who JJ was referring to. That's right. There you go. Now it's all better. Okay. <sighs> Final segment of the hour. We've got our best and worst, as the uh, as the as the imaging told you on the way in. And gosh, I keep hitting the old thing over here. I don't like it. All right. So this one, let's go worst first, because I like doing best after, because it makes me it leaves me with a better taste in the old mouth here. Uh, worst one. So we, we look for our worst and best stories of things that we saw. Most of the time it's sports, but sometimes it's just sports adjacent. This one is a little different. Now I told you, I don't know why Charlie Woods was trying to be, I said, why are we rolling out Charlie Woods and having him play golf at these tournaments that are qualifying? He's 15. And by the way, we have, we have golfers here in the state of Utah, uh, who are way better than Charlie Woods at 15, 16 years old. Yes. And they're not trying to qualify for some PGA event, but their dad is also not Tiger Woods, all right? So Charlie Woods is at this event. He's trying to qualify for this PGA Tour event, which is whatever, okay? Now, by the way, you can get a sponsor's exception by from whomever. But, you know, in this case, they're going to go, let's get you actually playing decent. But golf fans at this event, at this pre-qualifier, <laughs> some, were asked to, some were asked to leave 
And the fans are being absolutely ripped because at the Lost Lake Golf Club, they were heckling the 15-year-old while he was on the tee. Wow. I don't I don't think Charlie Wood should be at this event. I think this is probably not good for his mental health because it's like, oh, you're good enough to be almost be on the PGA Tour, but he's not. You know what's not good so for your mental that. health? Adult Being or- the son of, Char- of Tiger Woods, oh, that's yeah, not yeah, good yeah. for your mental health. I thought you were going to say that's tough. having drunk adults at the Lost Lake Golf wow, Club heckle you good. while you're at the tee. So listen, for as much as I didn't think that Charlie Woods should be at this event trying to qualify, fine. But a bunch of adults were harassing a 15-year-old. That's not a pro. That is not a pro. Plays for his high school team in Florida and is the son of Tiger Woods. So shame on you, adults. I mean, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a hangover from the from the the waste management tour, right? I mean, like a little bit. The it's waste like management. the Happy Gilmore crowd yes. showed up to heckle Charlie. What did, Woods. Uh... You stink, and I don't like you. Hey, the... Charlie, that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> what did he call? What did uh, Shooter McGavin call everybody? If he's a heathens or something I'm like that. I'm forgetting. Dang it. Yeah. Dang it! <laughs> One of the best follows in sports, by the way, on Twitter is Shooter McGavern. No doubt. <laughs> you got to no follow doubt. Shooter. Oh, my goodness. Okay, the best. We'll end on the best. Good. Here. JJ goes, you saw the hockey ref, right? This is right up our alley here because referees getting on the mic and and doing an explanation like the the game is not about the refs. Nobody Ed, loves reviews. No, and, Re- and Ed Hockley in the NFL used to make it about him. Every video you look up about a referee getting on there, taking way too long to explain it. That's why he never missed arm day. That's why he was always doing curls, right? So this referee, though, for hockey, had a review. It was in a, it was in a game where the home team was winning already 4-0. The, they were about to go up 5-0. They had to review the goal to see if it actually did, in fact, cross the line. Here's what the ruling was by the referee as he came out into the ice and gave you the official word. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is the fans start booing. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. (laughs) So the call on the ice was no goal. They review it. So instead of winning 5-0, they win 4-0. You're not going to like it. That is the most Canadian Hey, sorry about this, but your team didn't score, eh? You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No right. goal. So, I I want more of this. I don't want I love honesty from our I officials. Know. I don't Be want, human. It's okay. I don't want Ed Hockey Lee going into a four-minute explanation and, to like, get a bunch of – and he's like – and it's first down, and he's, like, flexing as he's pointing. I don't want any of that. I want the ref saying – Number You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. That or he's giving him the business. Remember when that when the ref said that? Yes. You know who else is great in the NBA is Bill Kennedy. He now they get is he the guy with the slicked over hair? Yeah, he does all of, he's he's done a lot of funny so like I review think, stuff when he gets on the review camera. I think it's weird. So the 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 review cam is weird because it looks like an angle like from a yeah it's a fishbowl like it, I don't know what it's it is. Basically a GoPro camera, right? And it's. It's like they're going into the confessional yeah. on one of the old MTV exactly on Real what World. It feels like <laughs> he goes in there and goes, and they're like leaning on the table too, and they're all, "Hey, uh, just went over the review. We're gonna call it. A fl- they're not gonna <laughs> like it. But the call on the ice was correct. No goal. We're gonna call it a flagrant one. Okay. Uh, so 
put it back underneath the hoop over here. And then he like winks at the camera. It's never. I'll I, tell you what. No NBA <laughs> referee would ever apologize for anything. Only a, only a humble hockey referee. Hey, sorry. From Canada. From from Canada. <laughs> from Canada. Hey, sorry. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. You're not going to like it is the best way to introduce it. All right. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Uh, stay with us. JJ and Alex continues. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Download the KSL Sports app to get live Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us. Uh, big weekend, college hoops. I'm trying to think. Uh, so Utah's got whom on Sunday? Saturday. They're playing Colorado. They're playing, and, that's a, and that's on the road? Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah. I think the team that loses that is done. Both are on the bubble. Yep, that's a big one. And in some cases, like Utah's not even on a lot of teams' bubbles. They're like, eh, so yeah, I've done enough. They got to get that one. Got to get it. Let me see here. You got another one. Oh, uh, Utah State's off till Tuesday. So that's nice. And then BYU, of course, goes to Kansas State. If they could have a week where they beat Baylor at home and then they go to Kansas State and win, uh, that would be huge. Phenomenal. By the way, congratulations to BYU guard Spencer Johnson. His wife gave birth to their son. And he's now headed to uh, Manhattan to play basketball. I was going to say that for a week. Uh, we're going to need you to shoot some threes. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, now that uh, everything's taken care of there at the hospital, uh, you better get on this uh, plane and head well, over. You here and now. I had, you and I've lived through this very thing where it's no like, paternity oh, leave in college basketball. You got, you got, you just had a baby. That's crazy. Anyway, I'm going to need you back at <laughs> yeah. home. Like you know, you know, it's the fall book, right? <laughs> like exactly that conversation. Yeah, those days are over, but I lived through those days, and it was tough. The good news is, the coaches. The uh, Naismith Men's Coach of the Year watch list. This is the semifinal list, I think. And you've got on the list of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 coaches. Two of them are from the state of Utah. Mark Pope with the tremendous job he's doing with BYU. And then the guy who you and I both agree probably should actually win it. Yep. Is, uh, is Danny Sprinkle from Utah State. Now, he won't get that love. Because guys like Hubert Davis, for no freaking reason, are on the list. Now, look, Bryce Drew from Grand Canyon, great. Awesome. How about Kyle Smith of Washington State? Might be the they guy who's— They just beat Arizona in Tucson right. last night. And they are a definite tournament team. Yep. And there it is. So, But what coach in the country had zero points returning from last year? Yeah. Came into a program and turns it into a top 25 team? Danny Sprinkle. That's right. Uh, Richard Patino's on the list, by the way. Of course he is. <laughs> New Mexico. Bruce Pearl from Auburn. Bruce Pearl? Come on, yes. Stop. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Can't you see his sweaty face as, they, uh, as, they, as he accepted the- Used uh... car salesman, Bruce Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he give off used car salesman? No. Him? No disrespect no to way. used car salesman. See, every every show I offend somebody. Yeah. Used car salesmen are great. Bru- but Just, see, when, you're, when you're a head basketball coach at a college institution- <laughs> you, sh- see, you shouldn't be a you ca- I know 
car salesman. That makes sense. You can tell I, me. I do not mean to disparage no, no, no. any car salesman out there. You should do what I do and go. Is Bruce Pearl still with us, Jeremy? <laughs> we just killed Bruce Is he Pearl. Dead? <laughs> How Look many people did you kill his, just today? Find his Wikipedia page. I think he you might not longer. Ed, he might no longer Eddie be Grant with us. He killed, who did, yes, Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant. But he's alive. So, he is. But see, I do that so that when you, I find out the news that, that they're alive, I go, oh, thank heavens. That's what I do. All right. Uh, JJ, fun show this week, man. Yeah, it's been a blast. We'll, we'll do it again next week. Uh, KSL Sports Live Saturday night and Sunday night. Don't miss any of it. More to go around the corner. JJ and Alex will be back Monday, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.